All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken Spoken. This is the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guy, Trevor Twidwell. What's going on? And no Eddie Ortiz tonight. I apologize about that. No Yo-Yo-Yo's tonight. He's still on his trip. But I promise you guys, eventually, we will let him back on the show when I feel like it. <laughs> Just kidding, Eddie. We missed the hell out of you, brother. But, uh, man, we got a lot to talk about tonight. There's no doubt about it. We have an awesome guest that we're so excited to have on tonight. But before we get to her, I have to address the obviousness Say and I don't want to be the guy that is, I told you so I don't want to be that guy, but I fucking but. told you guys. So Antonio Brown has officially been released by the new England Patriots today. And I know it sent a lot of shockwaves throughout the sports world. I know a lot of people like, I couldn't believe it because it's only been 11 days, which technically makes it shorter than a Dennis Rodman marriage. Mm. But the fact remains Antonio Brown was a mess from the beginning, and he will continue to be a mess. And that is not a shot at the person because I know there are probably things that he needs to handle and deal with that are on a much serious note than what we're talking about right now. But on the football side, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a situation that is more justice served, more karma filled than this situation that we have on our hands right now with Antonio Brown. I don't think, and we talked about this on our prediction show, I don't think Antonio Brown is ever going to play football again in this league. And I said that back when he was getting signed by the yeah, Patriots. Dude needs help, man, for sure. He played a game with the Patriots. He looked good because he's an incredible football player. There's no denying that. The guy is an incredible – I think he's the he had the greatest six, seven-year stretch we've ever seen a wide receiver have. Unpredict, unbelievable productivity. But there is something wrong with the man. And that's why when he got signed by the Patriots, I told people to hold off. Because there's something about the man that's going to outweigh the player. And that is exactly what's happened. We can speculate on whether the text message are true, the harassment's true. One thing we do know that is true is Antonio Brown is not right. And I think, believe it or not, this might be the best thing that could have happened to Antonio Brown, the person. Because if he would have continued to get his way and continue to play football with the person still attached to it, I don't think he would ever learn his lesson. So I think this is the best thing for Antonio Brown. Quite frankly, I think the Patriots did the right thing. Can't believe I'm saying it. So did the Steelers. So did the Steelers, paying $21 million in cap hits to get him off their team. Yeah, they win. Push sure. the Raiders and push the Raiders and push the Raiders until they had no other choice. Yeah. So I know, like I said, I know it shocks a lot of folks out there. I, I get why the, this was such a big story, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. I saw it coming, and I talked to you about this, Trevor, no, multiple times, off air, on air. I saw it coming a mile away, and it honestly shocks me that more people didn't see that. So yeah. I'm sure we'll bring it up more as the show goes on, but I just wanted to get that out there, guys. This was no shock to me, and I think that it absolutely needed to happen. And will it affect whether the Chiefs go after Jalen Ramsey 100%? We'll talk more about that tonight as well. But before we get to any of that, first of all, thank you all for listening to the first 29 episodes of the show. Tonight is episode 30. We have ourselves an incredible guest 
a lady that I like a lot, and we've been talking a lot before the show. Awesome lady, has a great future ahead of her. She's really established herself as an amazing sports figure in our city, and it's going to be nationwide in no time for sure. Give it up for Gat from Sprott's Takes, guys. Let's yeah. give her a little hit of a hand clap real quick. How are we doing tonight, Gat? Great. Can I put that on my LinkedIn? My <laughs> do whatever like, you got to do. <laughs> like, literally been trying to figure out skills that I have, and like, that just fucking nailed it. So thank you. Well, we're glad we're glad you're here tonight. I'm really glad that we had a few minutes to talk, well, several minutes to talk before the show. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we honestly, I was really glad that we got to kind of get to know each other because we've never met before or anything like that. And that's what I really wanted to know is get to know the person and get to know what it's all about, why you're so passionate about talking sports and the person behind what the passion is. And so let's just get right to it. I would like to know, like, wh- how did you start Sprout Stakes? What's what's your future endeavors? What are you doing now? What are you about to do? Like, just give our listeners a little bit of insight of what it is that makes you who you are. Definitely. Um, Sprout Stakes was a brain child of mine and a co-founder at the time that was just kind of like chicks talking about sports. Um, it doesn't really need to be an anomaly, but it is. And uh, it was 2014 when we started it. But I realized it was 2013. I had like NotoriousGAT.com and I was spouting off about my own takes. But I quickly realized no one gives a shit about your personal blog. Literally no one. Like your family doesn't care. Your friends don't care. They'll say that they read it and be like, yeah, Yeah. that was great, sweetie. Keep it up. No one really cares. You bring on more people. You actually build like some sort of brand, uh, some sort of dialogue. You just talk to yourself. Um, and that's what I was thinking that Kansas City lacked is a female in sports media. Good news, still do. Um, yeah. But, you know, they're getting there. And I, in 2017, fast forward, I was the first female sports radio host in Kansas City ever, which was awesome title. But then I'm like, now what? Um, I didn't feel like it was an authentic route that I was going. It's a lot and of pressure so, too. It is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a kid writing a book report about me right now. And I'm just like, why are you doing this? Stop it. Like, <laughs> quit awesome, No, it's, it's incredible to yeah. have that kind of recognition. But people wanted me to be like a role model. And I'm not. You automatically take on that responsibility. Yeah. And I'm like, they were like, oh, yeah, women empowerment and all this stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> funny. I've never had more women be more like awful to me For than sure. when I was empowering women. And so I'm like, I'm going to empower myself. And I happen to be a female. And that's about it. But it got to the point where it's like, this is such a great movement that you're with. And I'm like, it's not a fucking movement. I'm doing my job. Right. Uh, hopefully I can cuss on here too. No, Sorry. I, was like, say maybe, want. I guess not, I should have like, asked that. I was like, I guess I should have probably <laughs> asked that question. But it's incredible to see how people have embraced the non-PC culture in a good way. Um, I'm not like a white nationalist talking about the Chiefs. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's crazy how so many people take it to the extreme i just want to be able to say whatever i want about a team and not be banned from the press conferences and stuff but good news i am and that's okay like it's okay but i realize that sports figures much like sports talk it's all about entertainment they're not role models they're not trying to sit there and like help you like raise your children you should do that on your own um and maybe make better role models in your community so that's where i kind of stood on it but people were always like yeah you should uh my daughter should follow you around for day i'm like no she should not that is not necessary we don't need to do that um but it was a lot of pressure but same time sprout states just kind of built like an authentic voice uh that stood up against a lot of the kc media scrutiny um that has happened in the last like year or so and i'm pretty proud of that that's awesome so now that you know you you've really established yourself, like you said, in Sprouts takes. What is the next step? What are you doing now? What are you? Uh, what's your new adventures? Because I know we talked a little bit before the show. Mm-hmm. Where are you where are you headed now? I think I'm going to start construction. 
Here we go. Lawns like I'm a- like, I'm, I think Anthony Stratton told me that I need to start a fucking lawn care business. Okay, I was telling him, and I don't care that I'm talking about this. I was at the IRS office all morning, right? And I'm like, so freaking mad about all these tax audits, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, you know what you should do? Start a lawn care company. You'll make a hundred grand. It'll be fine. You don't even have to mow lawn. I'm like, what kind of rationale is this? I'll like, yeah. So, like, obviously, I'm starting a landscape business it's called uh, uh, Lawn Takes. I don't know. Like, <laughs> what the hell? So, no, the the future for me, I can't really like legally discuss what I'm about to be doing, but it's going to be bigger than KC, which I think I've needed for a while. Yeah. I think everybody loves this town so much, but when you've grown up here, you move back here, and then you're like, oh, so I'm going to like have a career here. For it's sure. a lot. And so I'm yeah. trying to kind of see the bigger picture Absolutely. right now. And I think um, a lot of it has to do with how much Kansas City has been scrutinized over the last six months. It's been exhausting. Oh, no doubt. And and Anthony, I'm just going to go ahead and let you know if you are listening um, from Arrowhead, guys. Uh, definitely follow my dudes. But in the meantime... Anthony, she's not doing it. I'm not. I'm not gonna allow her to start a lawn care. She's got much more talent than that, buddy. So not shame according on you. to him. Shame not on you, to him. Tony. Shame on you. <laughs> so that's awesome. I'm really. I mean, honestly, listening to your story before the show and 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 you know, giving some insights to what you're doing now, it really does excite me to see what you know where you're headed and thank you and your next venture that you will be doing. I we obviously wish you nothing but the best, and hopefully you'll have time to come back and visit oh, us every yeah. once in a I'll while. I'll be back know, here talking shit. I'm a small you people, know. So. Oh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Well, there was a game that actually took place last week. I don't know if you guys forgot. Uh, the Chiefs did visit uh, Oakland for the last time, and uh, they left with a winning record all time in Oakland. And that, that's, that feels nice in itself. What feels even better is uh, – having a quarterback that can literally be out, I guess you would say shut out if you really want to put it that way, for three quarters and mm. still come out with an 18-point victory and Offensive Player of the Week. We talked about on our show last week when uh, Dirkness was on our show, actually, from Amateur Hour. We talked about how, I mean, at least that, the, my sense was, and I think we all agreed, was that there wasn't really a sense of worry in that game. It was just more about just staying healthy for the big games. And it's going to be like the one you know we're going to talk about a little bit with yeah. the Baltimore Ravens. But – you know, Gat, I'd like to get your thoughts a little bit. What, what was your takeaway from the Raiders game? Did you see anything in that game that, you know, obviously were positives, but did you see anything that maybe you're worried about at all that you, you know, just from a fan's perspective that you want to see the team get better at? What was your overall takeaway from the Raiders game? I think communication on the defense. I don't mean to go like the woman's angle, like we just need to communicate more, <laughs> but for fucking real, we do. Um, the line just didn't look like they were all together. It was a lot of like sloppiness, the penalties, so stupid, so many mistakes, but we have a lot of young players. So once again, I don't want to say rebuilding here because we're not rebuilding shit, but there's a lot of young people in there that have been forced to step up because of injuries. Obviously being down Tyreek was not fun, but it was impressive to see how much the Raiders fans filled the stereotype of being able to fizzle out after halftime. That's what happens there. They get so drunk that they are just like not awake. <laughs> like I went to the Chiefs Raiders in Oakland, December 6, 2015. Um, it was terrifying. Uh, I was wearing Zubas and they were all like, I like your fun pants. You look like ketchup and mustard. I'm like, thanks, whatever. And there's barbed wire when you walk off the BART system. I mean, it's just like walking. It's like a death march. Right. But you go down. The tickets were 100 bucks to sit second row, 50-yard line. I'm like, what? It, there was no wow. mirrors in the entire stadium. Like, so going into Oakland, you just know it's like, it literally is a death march. And so the Chiefs had to get out of there unscathed. And I think they did. They shut a lot of people up about Mahomes not being on track. Oh, he's not going to be able to make those numbers. Like, he's going to make 6,060. Fuck off. Like, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, it's so frustrating, but it's really just to shut people up. 
Um, I think the Jacksonville game was a mess, but it was a fun mess. And it was like, oh, yeah, okay, so they played Jacksonville. Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Okay, we go into Oakland where they're coming off a win over the Broncos, which whatever. But it's still that electricity that Oakland provides that you always have to overcome. And it's yeah. never just a walk-in, like, we're going to win. Yeah, yeah sure. we remember in 2014, Thursday mm-hmm. night football, when Oakland hadn't won a game in, like, fucking two and a Trap year game. and a half. Walk yep. in, we get beat. Yep. And we're supposed to be going, you know, all-in playoffs. And so, you know, you just have those memories. And I think Chiefs and Oakland will never be something that you can just, like, be like, eh, we got it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's simple. It's offensive and defensive adjustments. Because um, we saw how terrible we looked when we came out. We looked super flat. Um, we did, obviously did. We came out with a plan, and the plan was not working. And it looks like Gruden and the guys are ready for it. Uh, I think we were going to come out and do some really, really vanilla stuff and thinking we could beat them, which we should have been able to. But especially on the defensive side, as far as the adjustments, us because they were beating us on the long ball, and uh, Tyrell Williams beat us on that deep one, and obviously got the touchdown in that play on that drive. So us seeing seeing Spagnolo go out there and make adjustments after that first quarter. And then seeing Andy Reid completely flip the script offensively and just start chucking the rock deep. Cause he, you know, at first we were playing the, the you know, we were chucking it, you know, uh, down to Damian Williams and the, and the running backs and playing the, the, you know, the underneath game. But then once we start, we realized we can beat them deep damn near every play. <clears throat> he started drawing up those plays and it was, uh, it was over after that. I mean, all, we obviously saw that it only takes one quarter for us to completely just destroy and break the hearts of the opposing teams. So yeah, the adjustments was my biggest thing. We, having years and years of Bob Sutton <laughs> not adjusting to shit, that what? obviously was what drove right. us crazy the most, and did not seeing defensive adjustments. Yeah. Whether we have a good roster or not, it was just nice to see him putting bodies in different places. You know, having these chess piece guys helps a lot too with Tyron Matthew and, and Juan Thornhill. So, yeah, that's exciting to see, man. I think we haven't even shown much either offensively and defensively. We haven't seen much, you know, stunts and twists on the defensive front. We, and we're still getting to the quarterback, and we got a couple sacks against Carr, and we had two picks against Carr, but we always end up picking up Carr somehow. So, but yeah, it was just nice, man, seeing that that mix up defensively for sure. That, that, that game had the Raiders game had a I was I had a lot of different emotions going on in that game, and <laughs> oh, yeah. I even had Clay Clay yeah, Windler uh, messaging me because he was seeing some of my tweets of the early parts of the game, and how like I was using a lot of expletives because I was getting so pissed off. Love it. Um, and Trevor was with me. We were watching with our, with our watching <laughs> the game with our mom. Oh boy! Yeah, it, it was. I was getting a little out of hand, but it, I, I, look, if there's a, like I said, there's a range of emotions going on, and I was I started to lay like peel the layers back as to why. Because even after the game was over, I'm like, we never really had anything to worry about. So why was it like I was feeling that way? And I was obviously the PTSD of the the past, and you know, losing games that we shouldn't lose and things like that. Um, but as the game went on, obviously you saw like okay, the Chiefs are clearly outclassing the Raiders. This isn't going to be Should close. Have been a major blowout. They could have hung fifty on them. Yeah, they yeah. could have hung fifty on them if they really wanted to. And I get like what Andy Reid's mind like, process was was you know let's get out of this game alive. You know we don't need to show any more film. You know yeah. put more game- plays on film. Let's just get out of here. We got Shuck an eighteen point shit. victory. Yeah, that's all we were doing. And I understand that. Yeah. But there was something that like. I didn't feel as satisfied. I don't want to sound like a like a like I don't want to sound like a like a like a spoiled fan. Well, you are clearly now. yes. We have Patrick Mahomes, so of course anything <laughs> everything are. we Why get now we're spoiled. Seventy points, <laughs> but see, like I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I kind of want to see Andy Reid step on some throats, and I and I know like obviously you don't want to give up a bunch of your plays so these coaches from other teams you're going to be facing, you know, like the Ravens and the Packers and the Patriots. You they, you know you don't want to give them a bunch of film. Mm. But when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, a transcendent talent, one of the greatest talents we've ever seen at the position, I don't really feel like that's something you should worry about because he makes so many plays with his arm alone. And so for me, 
I think it would have been a lot more of a statement victory if they would have said, you know what, fuck it. Let's keep scoring touchdowns on this team and drop 50 on them and then make a statement like we are here to win because that's what the 2007 Patriots did. Whether you like it or not, like Bill Belichick always said, it's the defense's job to stop my offense, not my offense to stop my offense. And I think I know why we didn't, though, because if you watch the the post-game locker room celebration, you can see like the relief in Andy Reid's face and when he says – you know, basically saying we never have to play here again, ever. I, I think that's why we didn't, you know, do a lot more crazy things and you were started playing playing safe in the second half because of the field. And the the we've seen how many guys get injured on that field with the sand and or, or getting hit and the whiplash in the back of their head on the sand. You know, I think he just wanted to get out, get out, say we got a decently comfortable lead. We had a couple couple touchdowns, but it blew it wide open. That yeah. got called back. That is true. That yeah. is true. So, I mean, Nicole Hartman, 75-yarder. We knew we could have scored on them at will. Right. And then we got those two picks on car, and we knew the game was done. I just think he wanted to get the hell out of there, and you can see it on his face and all the other guys' face when they were finally like, dude, we don't have to fucking play this place ever again. Like, yeah, and, and we you're, not, alive, you're not wrong. Safe. You're not wrong, but it seemed that way. Again, I, I think you – I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. This has been something, though, that Andy Reid has had a problem with, though, throughout the years, where he gets conservative later in games, and there have been times where that bites them in the ass. Now, obviously, with Patrick, it's going to be different because he can make plays that Alex Smith and any other quarterback, really, quite frankly, could never make. <clears throat> Excuse me. But but there's something about a rhythm and an offense. And if you get conservative, like the draw play, I don't know how many times I saw that draw. And you heard me we bitching were, about we it, Trevor. <laughs> I was getting so sick of the damn draw play. Yeah. It wasn't working. Like, our tackles, I mean, Mitchell Schwartz is good. He's great, actually. Yeah. But, the, I mean, Cam Irving was getting eight alive in the run game, yet they kept going to that well. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that concerns me because you get the offense out of rhythm. Even as great as Patrick is, you're almost setting him up for failure in some instances because then you're going to ask him, hey, show that magic real quick. Remember the first game against mm-hmm. the Broncos? They sit him. And then I don't even remember who the backup quarterback was at that time. It was a uh, – uh, It doesn't matter. Tyler, yeah. Bray? Tyler Bray. Tyler Bray, thank yeah. you. Yeah. He goes in there, blow, it almost blows the game for him. And then I go, Patty, go back in there and do yeah. your thing. And yeah. that's what he did. Throw your cape on. I don't feel like that's fair. So I don't I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Do you, are you okay with, with Andy getting conservative in games like that? Or would you like to say, you know, Andy, get nasty for a second. Get a little savage on these dudes and beat the shit out of them. I think Andy Reid had a very busy offseason stepping on throats of other people. <laughs> and I think that he's waiting to step on the right throats when we go to New England. That's when we have point. these big yeah. games. Why fucking step on John Gruden? He's like roadkill. Like two days later, presents. there's a vulture around him a little bit. It's Mark Davis. And <laughs> like all these people are always, they're already preying on this poor, sad team. Right. And it's almost like he took pity on them. Is like, hey, you can't even touch us. Like, All those points they scored came back and won unanswered, not even close. Derek Carr crumbled in front of our eyes. That was him stepping on Derek Carr's throw or the Raiders' throw in general. But it's interesting that you say that because it's like we do want more as fans. We do want to see that tenacity because Andy Reid, time and time again, like what, 209 wins without a Super Bowl? Like as a head coach, we know your pattern. And like that's the thing that the Philly fans always said is that, yeah, you're going to get the playoffs. You're not going to win. Yeah, we got to shut that down. And we got to change that. Yeah. And, like, we broke the curses that we, you know, needed to before. And I'm not worried about it. If the freaking Royals can come out and win a World Series, go back-to-back in the World Series, like, we're going to be okay. Yeah, I and agree. And Veach is the right person to step in and, like, make adjustments, I think, if he doesn't think Andy's being Well, having the best player in the enough. league helps. Yeah. That, oh, God. That's, like, that's – I don't know what we would do. It, it almost better. feels like – I don't know how you guys feel, but it almost feels like Andy's been, like – handed down like this this gift you know i don't want to sound weird but it's like 
Like you know, twenty years as a head coach, and he finally gets like not only just a franchise quarterback that he can really win with, but like the most transcendent talent we've ever seen at the position. And he's not going to be doing dog fighting. <laughs> he's not. This man is not running a pit bull ring. Right. He's not like chasing prostitutes. So nice. Like, and people are always like at that one douchebag. I don't know his who he is on Chiefs, but he was like, uh, Patrick Mahomes could do so much better. I'm like, you want these like NFL thoughts to come around our precious baby angel Patrick. No, I don't give a shit who he's dating. We love you, Let Brittany. them like be in love. Like Brittany, Brittany is Brittany bitch. Yeah. Brittany is fine. I, I just don't <laughs> understand like why she has to prove herself that she's hot. Like dear <laughs> God, like it's ridiculous to have that kind of like talk. Like yeah. that's what you guys are not satisfied with is that his girlfriend isn't like what you want to look at. Like right. what the hell? Yeah. So like the little criticisms about like his style, Andy Reid has been handed a non-problematic quarterback. Oh yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you almost can't find fault with Patrick. You know what I mean? And that's that's the beautiful thing about it. And that's kind of why I like seeing him have four touchdown quarters because it's like you're you're showing off the greatness of the player and the person. Because even like in moments of like where he could really gloat about himself, you see him answer all the right, you know, all the all the media. Like I don't even like listening to Patrick during the media outlets it's like, because it's, the same thing it's with Russell so Wilson. boring. Russell Wilson's yeah, it's yeah. so boring. And, but that's exactly what they need here. And it's the it's almost like I said, it's almost like he was built for Kansas City because he's non controversial, which our city clearly can't can't you know handle <laughs> controversy. We can talk about that later. Yeah, but yeah. and the fact that he's just extremely talented, he's everything that this franchise has always waited for. We could have gotten a Mitchell Trubisky or Deshaun Watson, and we could have been okay. We could have been okay because Andy Reid could have maximized those guys' talents. But we got the guy, and that's what's so crazy. And that's kind of why, honestly, it just felt like that parting gift. Like, hey, you're leaving Oakland. I want to hang 50 on you. That's just kind of like, I get it. Like Trevor, you make a great point. Gat, you make a great point. Everything you're saying is right. Selfishly. I left that game. Like, damn it. I know we won, just, but just, I'm so unsatisfied. Just wait till they come to Arrowhead, dude. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. When they come to Arrowhead, we're, it's going to be that ass. It'll be messy. It's, it's going to be, be that, that ass. ass. Straight up. <laughs> beat that just ass. Saying. Well, we're going to take a short break guys. Um, when we get back, we're actually going to talk about something that I, um, May have caused a little bit of a firestorm on Twitter about what I know, crazy, right? Yeah, who'd have thought? Um, it's actually about Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady, and it might be in a way you might not expect. We'll get back to that after this. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number two. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Casey Beardco studios with my guy Trevor Twidwell. What up? No Eddie Ortiz, no yo yo yos, but we do have the one notorious GAT. What's up, GAT? How are you doing tonight, guys? I mean, I'm sorry I'm not Eddie and I'm not Yo Yo. I feel horrible. <laughs> you like, can say it. Like, no, like, like shit. Yo, yo, yo. My bad. Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, we miss hey, Eddie. Yo, I just know the Scott Hall thing. Like, that's all I got. I was like, I tweeted that the other day. I was like, I need to be like, that's how me flirting. I'm like, hey, yo. And I, hey, yo. I say nothing else. Like, I have nothing else to say. That's yes. it. That's all I got. What's the success rate? Uh, not good. Not good. <laughs> like, is she okay? <laughs> She keeps saying yo to me, yeah, bro. Yo. Like, and I'm like, what? You don't understand this? You're too young. Never mind. You can't handle this. Yeah, anyways. you can't handle it. It's cool. <laughs> the new, the, the new too young for you, bro, is the 9-11 question. <laughs> Where were you on 9-11? What? <laughs> My oh, mom birthed yeah. me three months later. Yeah, yeah. like, um, no. That's, that's not yeah. happening. Exit stage left. So. Exactly. All right, well, we just got in talking about a little bit about the Chiefs-Raiders game, how I'm a, a greedy bastard when it comes to the Chiefs uh, and, and wanting them to hang up you know, 50, 60 on everybody just because they can. But these two right here, Trevor and Gat, really talked me down. I appreciate that, guys. I still feel a certain way. But I'm going to talk about something that's extremely controversial. Um, the popular opinion in the world of sports is and, – and there's always, like, those consensus consensus agreements. Like, everyone – a lot of people think MJ is the GOAT in basketball. 
obviously Tiger and my well, at least in my opinion, is the goat in in, in golf. Um, you know, Wayne Gretzky in NHL. You know, you go down the list. Tom Brady is often and widely considered the greatest player of all time in football history. I have actually been very up against that. I think that there's a difference between being the most successful and the greatest individual player. I look at individual greatness differently than I do at the result of a team accolade. I think that rings are won by teams, not players, and I think it's very unfair to give rings as a reason why somebody's better than somebody else because Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl and Dan Marino didn't, and we all know who's the better quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something I, I decided to, to put upon myself this week on Twitter. I, uh, I was just sitting there, and I was, I, I'm always breaking down numbers, and I'm always looking at things, and I'm, I'm trying to you know, you know, start something new for the show the next week. and Start some shit, dude. Start some shit, exactly, and, that, and I, I'm, I think I'm decent at it. But um, there was something, I'm, and I'm going to say it on, on air because I said it on Twitter, and it blew up, and it's because I think it's true, not because I'm trying to get a reaction, but I am also trying to get a reaction. At no point of Tom Brady's career has he been better at football than Patrick Holmes is right now. Now, I know that people are going to come against that and clamor against that. But think about what I'm actually saying. I'm not saying that Patrick Mahomes has had a better career. He's played 19 games. Of course he doesn't have a better career. Tom Brady's won six championships and been nine since 2001. Clearly the success is higher on Tom Brady's side and the longevity and the body of work. But I'm talking about the player. Tom Brady has never been better at quarterback, at football, than what we're seeing from Patrick Mahomes at this very second. And I honestly don't know how anybody can disagree with that. And let's look at the numbers. <clears throat> let's. 2007 was peak Brady when they went 16-0, 18-0 actually, until they played the Giants in the Super Bowl. That was his best statistical season. So I'll put his numbers up again that, from, from 2007 to the beginning of 20, 2000, uh, 2009. That was the 19-game the stretch because he only played one game in 2008 and then played two more games at the beginning of 2009. Those were his best 19 games. That was the best 19-game stretch Tom Brady ever had. In that time, he averaged 68 completion percentage, 5,476 total yards in passing, 52 touchdowns, nine interceptions with a 111 rating. That's incredible. Incredible for a 19-game stretch. And that was, again, peak Tom Brady, right at 29, 30 years old. Peak Tom Brady. Patrick Mahomes, from the age of 23 to now at 24, and 19 total career starts. 67 completion percentage. 6,202 yards, 57 touchdowns, 13 interceptions with a 115 rating. <laughs> so in other words, Patrick Mahomes has Patrick, or Patrick Mahomes has been better in his first 19 career games than Brady was at his absolute peak. Now you can sit here and say, well, look at the look at the weapons that Patrick Mahomes has had. Do you forget the guy named Randy Moss who Tom Brady had, who had 22 touchdowns in a single season? What about Wes Welker, who I think is seventh all-time in career receptions in the NFL history? Yeah, there's a pretty good tight end in there, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's, there were so many weapons, and the fact that you had the greatest head coach. Like, I, this is what I always want to talk about with people is, yes, the success is obviously on Tom Brady's side, but the benefit of having the greatest head coach we've ever seen in NFL history pays such dividends. And so I'm looking at it from an individual perspective, and I'm saying – you literally swap places, put Tom Brady where Patrick is, and put Patrick where Tom Brady is. I don't see how this how the Patriots still don't win six Super Bowls. Oh, yeah. So I don't know how you guys feel about this. I wanted to bring this to the table. We don't have to talk about it for a long period of time, but I really wanted to bring that to life on the show. I wanted to see if you guys agree. If you don't agree, that's fine. 
But this is just the way I looked at it, and, I, and I'm I, and this is this is a praise to what Patrick Mahomes is as a player, because like I said, I go by the standard of what everyone else is saying about who they think their goat is. So I took on the Goliath, and I looked at the numbers, and I looked at his peak, and I'm looking at what Patrick Mahomes is still very early in his career, not at his peak, but is already doing things Tom Brady never ever did. What do you think, Ed? I think Tom Brady owes his entire career to Michael Bishop for being injured, and that's why he got his little start. So I'm just going to throw that out there as a K-State fan. Uh, that's where I start my saltiness. That's where I start my fucking saltiness. So there's that. Um, Tom Brady, the problem with him is that he's not even the most important person in his relationship. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. that. He's Mr. Talk that shit. Giselle. Talk that shit, yeah. Um, I just don't really – like. there's nothing about him that I think – is really like dedicated and hard work ethic besides his control freak tendencies. Like honest to God, anyone that follows that rigorous of a diet, that rigorous of like a lifestyle, that rigorous of a schedule will be good at something. You just have to pick (laughs) what it is. And I think that he's lucked out a lot and he's an incredible football player. Don't get me wrong, but you looked at him in the draft and like, why did so many people pass (laughs) on the guy? Cause like he wasn't that impressive. I think that, yeah. Belichick and everyone else around him, you really truly are a reflection of what's around you. Yeah. And he has lucked the fuck out over the years. And he's an incredible quarterback, but you put him in like, I don't know, the Raiders, like what would happen? Yeah. I just want to see Tom Brady elsewhere and we never will. And that's the problem. I want to see him outside the Patriots before I can say, cause like we'll never see Mahomes and anything else but the chiefs. And I'm okay with that. But that's like a lot of the career similarities is that you're going to see. But I just don't think that Tom Brady could have done the same thing without the masterminds around him. For sure. Yeah, you can definitely credit that to the his surroundings and him falling into the perfect spot at the perfect time. Um, the majority of NFL fans, I would say, are casual fans. Um, there's obviously a lot more people that watch from home and that attend the game and, and are diehard fans and study the game and are avid fans of the game. So casual fans, the majority of fans, casual fans, claiming he's the GOAT, I don't really have a problem with. I don't blame you just because of the accolades he has and the achievements. Fine. Because if you just look at the, the box score and you just look at his achievements, fine. If you, if you, if you don't want to dive any more deeper than that, fine. If you want to say that Patrick Mahomes hasn't given us a biggest, a big enough sample size to compare the two yet, fine. But their trajectory speaks for itself. The numbers already speaks for itself. Patrick Mahomes is on pace to absolutely obliterate the first two years of a starting quarterback's career. Um, and he's on pace to be even better this year when everyone said he was going to regress. Everyone counted him out. The pressure is the pressure is as tough right now as it's probably ever going to be on his career because this is the all-in year. Chiefs fans are all in, all in. You know, everyone's pressuring him to to you know Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Even the we got you know our owner coming out and saying you know let's go get the Super Bowl. We never heard him say that ever no. before. That's never been the expectation for this city and this team and our quarterback because we've never expected that. It's never been a real thing we can say out loud and actually believe that. So you can use the sample size argument. That's fine. But you cannot deny what you're watching. Nobody can deny what they're watching. That's why we got certain analysts coming on TV and saying that he already has potential to be the GOAT. Very serious, well-paid analysts coming out and saying that. If they're saying that, that's not something – this is not a little blip on the radar. This is a guy taking the league by storm as, if, as when we saw Stephen Curry come into the league and just completely change the game, single-handedly change the game with the long ball. And that's what we're seeing with, with Mahomes coming here with the long ball and these – off-platform throws and the no looks and the just the hype around him. And I'm just so glad he's my guy. He's on our team. He's in our city. Kansas City needed this. We've never had anything like this. Um, but as far as the comp- comparison between the two guys, for me, I, you're not going to get an argument from me. Um, it's As far as the eye test goes, because that's the main thing I go off of right now because Pat doesn't have a long career yet. Yeah. But the trajectory is what I'm, I'm looking at. And his trajectory, he is going to 
in the next four, five, six years is going to completely overshadow statistically and hopefully accolade wise very quickly what Tom Brady ever has done as an individual player, not as far as overall team. Yeah. Because if you give Patrick Mahomes the defenses that he's had, it's not even close. Like the, the success would already be there and we wouldn't be talking about having to fix this defense because he didn't have, never had those problems early in his career that, that Pat has. So I'm with you 100%, man. You're not going to get an argument from me. And, and, and to add to your point about the defensive side of things, Tom Brady has never actually been to a Super Bowl, let alone won a Super Bowl without a top 10 defense. Right. Mm-hmm. That's well, another he's, thing. He's won Super Bowls where he's thrown more picks than touchdowns. Right. Like yeah. yeah. I mean, they, yeah, he should have had four interceptions last off, or last postseason, had two touchdowns, three interceptions to end, the, and they won the damn Super yep. Bowl. That doesn't happen. You don't see quarterbacks – Throw more interceptions and touchdowns and win a Super Bowl since like Luck Terry is a big part of the game. <laughs> Luck is a big part of the game, man. It's it's and he has it. I mean, yeah. he always has. Absolutely. Right. Also, and, you said accolades. Don't you mean escalades? Like, <laughs> yes, 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 many of I those. can't hear the word accolades without being like. I want to thank the clerks. Yeah. <laughs> all, all the escalades. <laughs> all the escalades. Swag through the roof. Um, here's a couple. Here's a couple um, NFL records Patrick Holmes already owns. He's the youngest quarterback with 50 touchdowns. He's the youngest quarterback with six touchdowns in a game. He's tied with most consecutive 300-yard games, fastest to 4,000-plus yards and 40-plus touchdowns, with most consecutive road games with three-plus touchdowns, and that streak is still going. Yeah. The fact that anyone argued you and like, yeah, there it is. that scoffed at you for you saying, oh, he's better than peak Tom Brady ever was at this point right now. Man. Well, look, that's not really even a, a, that's not even a hot take. You know, that's, but here's the thing. It's the same thing that the MJ fans do with with Michael Jordan. When anybody comes yeah. to debate with like either it's LeBron or Wilt yeah. or anybody else, they want to throw in the mix. Yeah, yeah their butthole quivers a it's, little bit. It's 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 yeah. it's a mythical thing. Like, you're really about the buttholes. Nice. Nasty. We're diving deep on that one. Literally. literally. Oh God! Just stop! 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 <laughs> it's, it's it's a mythical thing. Like. These guys become larger than life, so it's almost like an, an unmovable object. Like once they're solidified in people's minds that right. they're this great, you're never dethroning them, and they'll just continue to move the goalposts. That's why I like the Stephen Curry. Because I'll even admit, when Stephen Curry first came to the league, I was like, dude, who's this little skinny brat? Yeah, it's not going to work. Yeah. Shooting what from is half that? Court right. with these, like we hated it, but now as he as he's progressed into his career, we all respect the hell out of him. Right? You know, we, right. We, he's we, so we, annoying. He is. He is. He's very. <laughs> he's very arrogant. But that means yeah. you can't deny the guy's. The game. part that I hate is just when he like chews the mouthpiece on the outside right. of his yes. mouth. I, I've never understood right. that, quite frankly. He has a spoiled brat mentality too. But yeah, his wife wants other men to. Yeah. Why are other men hitting on me? Yeah. I don't know because you're terrified. I'll, I'll let you take. I'll let you take the floor on that yeah. one. Guys. No, let's, let's not. Let's I'm not. like just shut up about it. Maybe they will. <laughs> but it's changed, dude. Who would hit on Sakai's wife? That's so weird. Yeah. Katie, you know, Katie would. Katie. <laughs> he is a snake. So. <laughs> but that, that's that's kind of where I just wanted to leave that though, because like I said, I, I think that people aren't fully grasping just how great. And I'm not talking they're about Kansas City. It's uncomfortable. I'm, I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about people outside. Yeah. The the mindset of what Patrick Mahomes is and what he's doing because like you you mentioned trajectory, yeah. the dude is on pace to have almost six thousand passing yards and sixty touchdowns this year. We've already seen him do something that was almost unprecedented last season, in his first full season. If he can do something like that, there's no way he can replicate. That. He's literally yeah. putting himself in a category of his own. There is nobody else because right now he's being compared to who Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Favre. Only, yeah, and the star, stylistically, yes, Favre mm-hmm. and Marino. Like Chris Carter said this week, yeah. he's a mixture of Favre and Marino. That is fair. Yeah, that yeah. is fair. But when it comes to what he's already done, what club he's in, with the numbers he's put together, he's only being compared now to two different guys. If he does something like this, where he flirts with six thousand yards, he flirts with sixty touchdowns. 
There is no one that comes close to what he's, he's doing. Right in history. Man. That's what I'm saying. And he's only 24. Yeah. Like Peyton Manning set his all-time record at 37 years old, deep in his career when he's seen every defense possible and has beaten every team in the NFL. Tom Brady was 30 years old with already three rings on his belt. Like this, these guys were already established in this league. Patrick Mahomes' feet are still very wet. His ears are wet. Behind, he's wet behind the ears. He's literally just now getting into his own. And and he came into the league. Unhyped. Right. They came into the league from an air raid. They were calling him a project for Christ's sake. They're talking about Big Twelve quarterback. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, no one believed in him. You know, and like Tom Brady obviously didn't come in hyped, but Peyton Manning obviously came in with the hype that he he's going to be the guy. You know, and it's comparing those guys is fine, but I, the trajectory and, and his pace is unmatched. It's unmatched. I want to ask you guys something, and I'm going to delve off of this real quick, and I, I don't know how much time we have left in this segment, but. Oh, we're good. I also said something else. <laughs> of course you did. Because <laughs> I didn't stop there. I was on Say a it, I was like butter. I was on oh, a roll. Wait, there's more. But the way is, there was absolutely more. Um, 1999. No, I was kidding. Uh, oh, so, God. Here we go. <laughs> so, becoming infomercial guy. But <laughs> I also said something else about Patrick Mahomes. I took it a step further. I was definitely feeling myself on this one. Clearly. I wouldn't draft a single player. of ba- If I had a draft, an I all-time see, draft, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would never draft another player over Patrick Mahomes. Never. How do you guys feel about that? Think about how the Bears felt. Oh, my God. They traded <laughs> up for Trubisky, and I'm like, yeah. Because it wasn't just Patrick. Deshaun was still sitting there. Deshaun's a damn good quarterback. So even yeah. if you went to Deshaun, even if you went to Deshaun, yeah, he's better good than Trubisky. I'm not good with Clemson. I think Clemson is a farce yeah. like Notre Dame. I so just you, don't, you don't believe it. in Trevor Lawrence, huh? I, I, really? Deshaun Jackson's <laughs> the most sat quarterback in the league for two years straight now. You give him time, he makes plays. I love I love Deshaun. But my point is this. Uh, I'm looking at this from an all-time because I think Kent even said this on the show when we when he had him a few weeks ago. Yeah, I mean it's a. Valid... If you go back like 15 mm-hmm. years, yeah. who are you taking over Patrick? If you go of all 15 year draft, I don't maybe even remember Aaron Rodgers. Would be Aaron Rodgers maybe a hard thing to fathom though because we've seen so many great talents land in shitty spots and the coach doesn't know what to do with them and they sure. break them and then they're never the same. They will think they never become what they could have been. Every quarterback you know, with like, Jeff Fisher. Well, Sam Bradford, for instance, <laughs> Sam Bradford's a guy who had a lot of talent coming to the league. Yeah, he did. Could have been a very great player. We've Jeff seen Fisher. sparks of greatness from him. <laughs> right. But yeah, he started, he had terrible lines. He got hurt. He got constantly getting hurt over and over again. But what he could have been was something very good. But that's, that's an example. But right. no, yeah, him landing one, in the wrong spot could have been a bad or, thing. Or RG3. Like, look yeah. at what could have been done with that guy. And he just. Right. Just, but, even, but even with these names considered, would you let's say you can put him in Andy Reid's system? Would you pick any of those guys over Patrick? Williams? Oh no, no, no! That's why him and Aaron, Andy Reid are the perfect marriage. Even it's, Aaron, like I'm taking it to that. Aaron Rodgers, who are you taking in a draft? No, man, because yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers to me is the closest because they're both very similar players, and they both have probably the best at highest quarterback rating of all time. Players, yeah. yeah. So, and their hail marys are an unreal. Their ability to chuck the ball and have the vision downfield when they're escaping the pocket. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers had a lot of injuries. Because to know, that point, Aaron Rodgers has never really had this system oh, if, to benefit. But I mean, yeah, if you put Aaron Rodgers in this system from his, you know, getting no. in the league with Andy, so Andy, Andy Reid, that would be Danica, and she's nonsense. ruining his life. <laughs> Just let me have – I literally called out. I was like, she has cursed pussy. That's my guy. I was like, that was what I called it. I was like, it's cursed pussy. Like, yeah. she hey. wrecked into everything and all that – like, you're not helping women drivers, Danica. She might be pegging him. I don't know. <laughs> probably. That's, I mean, like, but Aaron Rodgers, the whole thing with Aaron Rodgers, I just, just don't want to hang out with the guy. I would never want to hang out with the guy. Like, you yeah. want to, you don't want to be in a there room go, with Aaron Rodgers. Like, uh, it's like, you want to hang He's out with He's going to sell you State Farm. You do realize that. He's just so boring. 
and like his own family hates him. Like that's bad. Yeah, I love like, just, it's so weird. But like I don't know. I just feel sucks. like I would go with Favre over Rogers though. And <laughs> it's bad. I know. That's my guy. I just I love Favre and Rogers both my guys. But Favre over Rogers, Favre and Mahomes. Personality me, wise, yeah, Favre was like maybe the best Favre's personality. Favre like the easiest person to work with. I mean, besides if you're Jen, what's her yeah. name with Wrangler. the dick pics and all that. <laughs> Wrangler. Do you remember when he's like the sheer selfies? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that was rough. that was in the era of Dead Spin. That's there. when Dead Spin yes, was at its and, finest. And those flip phone cameras because he had a flip phone <laughs> camera. And I'm like, that's not even an iPhone, dude. It's all that's pixelated. Like a, that is dedication. <laughs> you know, he could have capitalized. He could have put Wrangler in the background, like his that's jeans. Right. Like what and that would really helped. Was he pumping like dollars? Or maybe the copper fit things. Yeah, and maybe he could have like oh, Dale Jr. Yeah. in the background, like. <laughs> You know, him and Dale could have done a commercial while he's saying, yeah, hey, Jan, hold on. I'm going to take this picture. Dale, where are we going? And we're going to have ourselves a treat. Call me back, girl. You're not going to end up in a dumpster. I know you said that. So, yeah, Mahomes, Brady. Yeah. He's like, shut up, guys. We don't need to deal with this. So, (laughs) yeah. Favre, Mahomes in that area. Like I said, like I said, I just, I'm, I know we sound like homers because we are, but let's, but Looking at from the talent perspective, the the upside, what we're seeing from him, how he's getting better from a 50 touchdown, 5,000 yard season. How he's better. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Homer, and it's easy for you to go to that. Like, oh, yeah, I know I sound like a homer, but you're not, man. Like, it's just, he just so happens to be our guy finally. We finally have something to brag about. Right. And it doesn't feel real yet. Still doesn't really feel real, but it's just, we have to kind of keep pinching ourselves. We'd be so mad if he went to Denver. And like we like had to right. face it, like everybody that's so mad is mad for a reason. Right. Well, we're gonna take another break real quick, guys. When we get back, I'm gonna. Well, we are actually gonna talk a little Jalen Ramsey. Uh, it's been a nonstop topic in Kansas City over the last week. Uh, we are gonna give you a little bit of insight, um, give you guys some ideas of what we are hearing, uh, what we think is gonna happen, and um, what you should be looking forward to. We'll get back to that after this. Casey Hemp Company your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide, ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hempco. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Casey Beard Co. Studios with my guy, Trevor Twidwell. What's cracking? And no Eddie Ortiz. Wait, you already knew that from the first two segments. He's not but here. we do have the notorious GAT with us tonight from Sprott's Takes. We're really glad to have her in here tonight talking some Chiefs. Um, there's been a lot of rumors, and I mean a fuck ton of rumors, over the last several days. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's Seven a lot washing rumors. machines full of rumors. <laughs> Loads. Um, Loads. <laughs> we, we have been, uh, I mean, every single day, all day long, I mean, it's just been nonstop. Rumors running off. The, I mean, you have people that are making up stuff that are – pretending to have sources it's 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 just been hilarious at tracking this point. flights tracking flights <laughs> things of that nature uh it's endless and it's been it's just been it's been a lot of fun i think this just shows you just how crazy things can really get when it comes to speculation but what we do what we know right now is jalen ramsey has expressed his obvious concern of you know not being able to win in jacksonville he's tired of it he wants to get out it proved when Doug Marone and him got into an altercation last week before the Titans game. Obviously, it was the week before. And he immediately told his agent he needs to get out of Jacksonville. And then the speculation began. Because if we know anything here in Kansas City, what is the biggest need this team has? Corner. Cornerback position. Yep. And that just happens to be where Jalen Ramsey plays. And he also happens to be the best at what he does. Not even 25 years old yet. 
looking to make a, get another deal, but we know we do know from his press conference and how he's acted before, even on bad teams, that this dude wants to win. Mm-hmm. So it made so much sense to start piecing together the marriage of Jalen Ramsey and the Kansas City Chiefs. And these these types of situations are so rare because very not often do you get the arguably best team in the NFL, one of the most complete teams in the NFL, have such a glaring need, and the best player at that position becomes available. It very rarely ever happens, especially for the Chiefs. And that is why I have been so on board with the Chiefs going all out and getting Jalen Ramsey. I understand the fear of, look, it's going to be a heavy price to pay. And I've seen so many Chiefs fans comment about, I'm not willing to give up this. I don't want to give up this. This is too much. This is too rich for my blood. The only question I have when it comes to those types of takes is this. What are you willing to not pay to better the team's chances of winning a Super Bowl? If the Chiefs didn't have such a glaring need at that position, I would be 100% with you and say, you know what? We're good. Yeah, it'd be great to have them, sure. But we got a couple really solid guys. We, we'll be fine. Those are the kind of people that don't understand addition by subtraction. Exactly. Yeah. And so I understand that you want to see the team have a first-round pick within the next three to five years, which I don't know if it's going to happen or not. But think about it this way, and this is what I'm trying to get people to understand when it comes to trading draft assets, especially first-round picks, which are the most valuable. Mm-hmm. Look at what Brett Veach has done to this point. And let's say – the Chiefs give up a first-round pick for Jalen Ramsey. So the last three, the, the last three first-round picks since Brett Veach has been the GM have been traded away. The players you've gotten with those draft picks, Patrick Mahomes, Frank Clark, and Jalen Ramsey. If you'd have drafted those guys three years in a row, you'd have thought he's the greatest GM of all time. <laughs> so trading for them essentially is the same thing. Right. All of them in their early 20s or mid-20s. Sign me the hell up for that. So I understand, again, the fear of losing assets, but what are you gaining in return? You are getting an all-pro player at a position that you need desperately. Now, and I don't—I want to get your thoughts on this in a second, but I'm just going to roll with this for a second. Everybody was of the belief that, well, you got to get Jalen Ramsey because the only team we're going to be worried about is the Patriots. They have Antonio Brown and they have Julian Edelman. That does make sense from a matchup perspective. But even if Antonio Brown was or wasn't on this team, on the Patriots team, the Chiefs should absolutely be going full-fledged against you yeah. for Jalen Ramsey. Even more now that he's not. Even more now. Yeah. Because now you can not only be even killed with the Patriots, you can have the step up on them. The advantage. Imagine going from when you're having the 31st-ranked defense where they don't even have to run special offensive plays. They can just run it up the gut. They can run these little slant patterns, and you can't stop it on third and 10. Yeah. To now having the shutdown corner that can literally just pick on a 34-year-old Julian Edelman. That's the kind of advantage you want to talk about. You want to talk about stepping on the throat of an opponent? That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. So, Gad, I want to get your thoughts. Trevor, I want to get your thoughts. Do you believe that the Chiefs should continue to go after Jalen Ramsey? Are you willing to pay whatever it takes to get him? 100%. We're either going to win this year or we're not. That's it. Like, at the end of the day, like, are we going to win the Super Bowl or not? And I think it's kind of like Johnny Cueto coming in for the Royals. And that, like, one, we just needed, and, like, he might be a little bit of a liability. He has some head issues, whatever. Like, uh, what was it? Cincinnati, like, chanted Cueto and, like, or Pittsburgh chanted Cueto and, like, threw him off. Like, big deal. You know, the guy was um, high pressure, got him to a bigger contract. Will he be here forever? No. Will he get a ring with us? If he comes to us, yeah, he will. So what do you want, Jalen? you want to be on the Jaguars? I mean, I feel like there's the Cardinals looking at him, Philly's looking at him. Those teams aren't in it this year. 
and I can just, I mean, I don't know why I think I'm a witch and I'm psychic, but I'm not, <laughs> uh, but I just have a feeling that that's not going to happen for the Eagles. That's not going to happen for the Cardinals. What with Kyler Murray, really? Like, why would you waste that? Like, why yeah. would you go somewhere that doesn't have a freaking chance in hell? Mm-hmm. And so it, it's obvious the chiefs. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, he's, we don't know what's going to be available for the trade deadline. We know he's available. We know he's the best. Why why pass on that opportunity regardless of the price at this moment? If this season's all in, if we're saying we're all in, we have the cap space right now. If we have to let a couple <laughs> players go or a player go with a pick, make it happen. Because we like I said, we know he's available. We know we have a shot at getting him. We don't know what the future holds with Patrick Peterson. We've we've talked a ton about having him, and I would love to have him, especially as a second option if we don't if we don't get this opportunity or take care of this opportunity. But we don't know his availability when he comes back. We don't know if the Cardinals are going to be rolling offensively and winning games. If they're winning games, they're going to want him on the field. They're going to want to have that defensive help, and he's probably not going anywhere. Um, so, I mean, I think we have to be aggressive, and I believe Veach is doing whatever he can behind the scenes to be aggressive because that's his style, and he's shown that and proven that. Um, I think we're going to be – I do think there's other teams that can offer more for him. I know they're asking for a first two first round picks, which I don't think they're going to get. But there is a team in the Raiders who have multiple first round picks, who I think he would fit in, into Gruden's kind of style, and I think he would be a good player for Gruden. And I think they could try to make that move, but I don't think Gruden's trying trying to get rid of all those picks that he he got he traded Khalil Mack on another and Amari Cooper for. I think he wants to really build in the draft. That's why he signed the ten year contract. So I don't know if he's willing to give a couple of those up for one player, even though he would be the player to do it for. But they're like like we've talked about. There's other players or other teams that are players in this this pool to land him. Shit, we don't know. He could end up staying there. The the GM I think came out or the owner came out talking about he wanted to extend him now, trying to soften the blow. Yeah, I don't I, know if I buy that. I think he's doing that for price. But if it's he's me and I'm, I'm 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 playing Madden right now, and yeah. I'm, try, I'm I'm doing whatever I can. Mm-hmm. And I've told you guys this before. Like even before we even knew that he was available, like early on a few pod, like months ago, we were talking about this on podcast. I was pulling you know, the string for trying to acquire him yeah, before he even that. knew he was available. And I was even talking about, you know, I would let Chris Jones go for him. I know a lot of fans would be wow. pissed off about that. That's me, <laughs> right? Yes. And I know yeah. I know that that will ruffle some feathers, and it's not easy for me to say that. Yeah. But I'm saying he's more of a need than Chris Jones is in this defense. Well, his position his position is technically more valuable. Right. And, and, and he's Jalen, cheaper, but... That, the whole Chris Jones thing could be a whole other discussion because I've even been, I've been told that... The Chiefs could be using Chris Jones as a trade asset if they were to get Jalen Ramsey for yeah. next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's clarify, they're not trading him this year. No, no, no. Yeah. They yeah. would be franchise tagging him after the season and then trading him That's somewhere yeah. else and reacquiring, reacquiring the trade the the trade pieces they essentially would be given up for Jalen Ramsey. Right. And so, and, and to your point about Patrick Peterson, we have been knocking on that door on this show for oh, yeah. months about we'd love Pat Pete, but this was before we knew Jalen Ramsey was available. Right. And so obviously he was the number one guy on my board. But when you can get the number one guy who's five years younger than Patrick Peterson, who's been healthier than Patrick Peterson, who isn't coming off a suspension like Patrick Peterson, you clearly have to go after the best. Just having a guy on the field that you know can follow the best receiver of your the, the opponent. Yeah. He will follow. He'll play slot. He'll play outside. He'll play any position or you know, any part of the field you need him to follow somebody. He's one of the few players, maybe a handful of guys, maybe not even a handful of guys that can actually do that in this league. Yeah. And, you know, and he's in his prime of his career. He's in peak mode. You don't pass on that without being aggressive, at least shooting your shot. And, and something else that, that Gat and I talked about, I want to get her thoughts on this again. We talked about this before the show. 
about something that I do worry about when it comes to our city and the way that they view a player like Jalen Ramsey. Because right. I've also seen the comments too about, well, he would be a cancer to the locker room. He would be a distraction. He would ruin what we have. You know, there's even been people trying to make up the the, the narrative that the Chiefs are hesitant because of his quote unquote attitude. The Marcus Peters. But see, I, I, I call bullshit on it so right. hard. I, obviously, our city does have a problem with that, and I hate that about. That's the one thing I really hate about our city is they're not prepared to have outspoken black athletes in their oh, in our city. We're known to be thin-skinned, man. It's absolutely yeah. true. But but that that part aside, when we're talking about Jalen Ramsey as the player, you have to understand that there it's it, it all comes down to how you view things and circumstance. Because if Jalen Ramsey was with the Patriots and he acted this way. That's viewed as passion. How do I know that? Because Tom Brady does it, right. and it's viewed as passion because he wins. Well, yeah, Tom Jaylen Brady invited Ramsey, AB into his house. Yeah, a couple years ago, Jalen Ramsey was on a two and eight Jacksonville Jaguars team at one at one point of the season. He's on the sidelines, bawling his eyes out because he wants to win. All right. That's a man that wants to win, but see, he gets viewed negatively because he's on he's been on bad teams or teams that aren't winning Super Bowls. It's all about how it's viewed based upon the situation. Yeah, do you agree with that? What's your thoughts on that? I agree with that a lot. I, I've seen a lot of the Kansas City attitude, uh, mostly through getting sued by the Royals uh, for having the straight out of Kaufman slogan. They were on the phone with my lawyers saying, it's just too urban. And we know what that translates to. Wow, right. Like the Royals flat out said, we don't want that negative connotation of straight out of Kaufman coming through because it's too much like straight out of Compton. Funny, the movie came out that summer. It's cool, whatever. And they <laughs> used it as leverage. They're like, well, if we're, if anyone's going to profit off of it, I'm like if anyone's going to be suing me, it should be NWA, not you guys. Exactly. Like you have not, like, Kaufman is not like your trademark, like the fucking stadium's owned by Jackson County. But yeah. it's cool, guys. Keep pursuing it. Um, but it's just like it, it's enraging to see what Kansas City – has like confinement wise as far as fan base goes because you do have those people that have never been outside of their tiny little town and they come to Kansas City for their first NFL game and they're just I don't know they don't know how to like take it all in but the fan base needs to be aware of if we want to be dynamic like the freaking Cowboys were in the 90s we need a Deion Sanders we need people that are coming out and actually speaking their mind and like doing whatever I mean I want like my players come out with like eight gold chains in the draft I don't know if they're real or fake just show me something that you are willing to take whatever it needs to do because that position needs attitude exactly like I don't want some freaking monk as my cornerback (laughs) I want someone who's going to kill someone we saw what he did to Tyler Right. And I think, I think we forget about where these people come from. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is in there. This is in their DNA. Like this mm-hmm. is their, their will to win comes from their, their not wanting to lose. I should say, I, I word it better than that, but them coming from losing for so much, you know, growing up in hard parts of their, uh, you know, their childhood being, you know, mm-hmm. from rough parts of town and stuff like that. So these guys make it, this is their dream. Their passion is going to be their passion. They want to win. You know, they want to be heard. They want to be respected because they've most of them have never, you know, had that even, you know, coming mm-hmm. from the NCAA out of all, Yeah. you know? So, I mean, these guys coming here, you know, Jalen, every team needs a guy like Jalen. Every team needs a guy to go to stir the, stir the pot. And we don't have anybody really like, I mean, Frank Clark's probably the closest thing to that. Yeah. Which let I you, love. Let you know, Jeff yeah, Allen, I, love. I don't know, was like really yeah. like mouthing off lately on Twitter. I'm just like, I yeah, like oh yeah, this. he's, he's I like this it on Twitter. Lot. He's been doing that for a he's few like, months. He's like, oh yeah, hardest hit you'll ever take for free. And I'm right. like, what? We <laughs> need more of that. We need more of that in this city, man. We really do. We but, need mouthy athletes. Even to your point though, about like, you know, how a lot of these guys grew up in rough areas and didn't come from a lot, and that that's how they have to, you know, basically survive. Even if that's not the case. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, let's say they grew up in a pristine home with everybody around and everything was beautiful. Yeah. The cornerback position, you're on an island. So you have to be self-confident and self-sufficient. Oh, yeah. You have to believe in yourself. You have to be boisterous. There have been very few great cornerbacks that were not like that. I'm back mm-hmm. up with this. Very side. few. Yeah. Darrell Revis, a couple other guys. Maybe yeah, he has some like, most soft-spoken. Exactly. And he even had like Revis Island. Right, like, we right. Still, like, and he was still called Revis Island. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's my point. And so, and, and to, the, to the, the situation of whether the Chiefs are going to get Ramsey or not, and I've had to be very careful of what I've been told and everything because obviously I can't be letting anybody out, you know, letting the, the cat out of the bag. Mm-hmm. But from everything I have been told, the Chiefs are absolutely trying to get Jalen yeah. Ramsey in any way possible. Even Terrell Taylor's reported that. Yeah, there have yeah. been multiple offers on the table that the, the Jaguars do have and they have liked from the Chiefs. What it's going to come down to is whether the Jaguars are actually going to pull the trigger. Because now they're starting to see, well, shit, there have been over 30 teams that have at least called for him. Yeah. Maybe we got somebody that we don't want to trade away. That's why I was confused they played him last night. Yeah, and so, that was really weird. That's a very Jacksonville thing yeah. to do. And, and, and honestly, honestly, Gardner Minshew is kind of screwing this whole thing up. Because if good. Gardner Minshew – and all respect, I love the guy. I love the yeah. guy. He's incredible. But let's be real here. If he wasn't balling out right now and he Stop sucked ass, things. or they had some Brian Hoyer playing yeah. in, in, in the stead of Nick Foles – we wouldn't be sitting here talking about whether Jalen Ramsey's getting traded or not because the Jacksonville Jaguars would be 0-3 right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're talking about here. So Gardner Minshew and, and, the, and the, the, the revival of, of the Jacksonville Jaguars of sorts is kind of stalling. And, and I understand it from the Jacksonville Jaguars you know, perspective because the owner's like, man, shit, do we really want to give this up? Because in their minds, they're thinking – Maybe we can contend this year. Now, I don't believe they're going to. I think Gardner Minshew is going to come down back to earth a little bit. Maybe. We'll see. But the point remains is that Jalen Ramsey clearly wants out of Jacksonville. And are the Jaguars going to respect that honor and go and get assets for him? Because he's not going to resign there. Mm -hmm. So you got to get what you can while you can. And so if I'm the Chiefs, and I do believe this because this is the information I have been handed – if I'm the Chiefs, I'm telling them, listen, basically, you tell us what you guys are actually going to need. You're not getting the first two-round picks. We're not having that discussion. In the confines of reality, what are you asking from us? Do you need a first, a third, and a fifth? A first, a second, and a third? If those things are what you're asking for, we're willing to give you that because we can, yep. and we're of the belief that Jalen Ramsey is going to bolster us to the points we become the favorites because we already have the most transcendent quarterback of all time. And we need this guy to fill a position of immediate need. Absolutely. Because it's 2019. They're in for all. They're not building. Obviously, you can extend Jalen Ramsey. That's not the discussion about a contract extension. That's going to come. It's about what he does for you right now. Mm-hmm. And that's why the Chiefs of all teams need him the most. And I do believe that Brett Beach, like you said earlier, Trevor, is the aggressive type, which the Chiefs have needed for so many years. Finally have a guy like that. I do. I personally believe this trade is going to happen. I know it sounds doom and gloom right now because the Jags are dragging their feet. I I was even told before the show tonight they're getting a little cold feet. There's a lot of suitors, man. There's a lot of suitors. I get it, and there's other teams that can offer them more. I know the Eagles are looking at them for sure. Yeah, and the Eagles Eagles make a lot of sense. They need it maybe just as bad as we do. Their secondary looks absolutely horrible. They look atrocious for sure. So I'm going to hold out the belief, though, that the Chiefs are going to make this happen. I'm going to hold out to that just because the the, the vibe I'm getting about it, how aggressive Veach has been. He was going to get Earl Thomas last year before he broke his leg. I know Veach tries to do I, – I believe in Veach is what I'm basically saying. I'm yeah. giving him the benefit of the doubt because I've seen him do it before. you got to have a pivot move, though. I mean, you got to have a pivot move ready, too. I mean, if anybody else becomes available. Well, and that's when you can have the separate conversation of, okay, now do we pursue Patrick Peterson? Now do we pursue is if Xavier Rhodes comes available? Right. You know, there's other options out there. Uh, Janoris Jenkins. Right. You know, there's other guys out there that you can get. 
My or point is, Slay, you Darius go Slay for the best. Yeah, Darius Slay could come available. Would love that one, but. but you got to go for the best. You don't yeah. settle. That is what the Chiefs have done for so many decades, and that's why they have all the Super Bowls they've had over the last five He's decades. Sure Zero. Yeah. So that's my for point. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm going to go off factual information. Like Jalen Ramsey followed eight Chiefs players on Instagram. <laughs> Just saying. Those are my cold hard facts. You don't follow people on Instagram like other football players. Who cares? Like, and why do you think? Why do you think Tyreek and Tyron Matthew felt so comfortable to go after him on Twitter? Now people can try to overblow that, but that is a something. That is something mm-hmm. that you can go off of, right? I mean, I'm, I'm they're not, already yeah. accepting him into locker room, room culture that everyone's so worried about. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, why are you guys so worried about this? It's not like it's not like the reporters, like the the freaking Kansas City media trying to fit in that locker room doesn't work. <laughs> but like Jalen Ramsey will be just fine. Just because you can't fit in, sir, doesn't mean that you know this guy can't fit in. Exactly. Uh, we should honestly ask Brooke what she thinks. So. <laughs> I'm sure she'd be the perfect guy. <laughs> Let's I call her up in Pittsburgh right now. What how she, do you feel about controversial she, black athletes? She, Brooke? <laughs> she covers a team that might not win a game this season. Right. We got Mason Rudolph though. Hey. <laughs> He would fit right in, man. He'd be perfect. Well, I mean, my God, if if Tyreek is okay with him coming here, the guy that everyone's trying to portray is like they like, had this literally big the beef. dude like hurt him, but it's fine. Yeah, you know, okay, yeah. If he's willing to look, you know, let bygones be bygones, everybody should and, be on and, board. And what better way to make up from the Marcus Peter debacle? I mean, you know, letting him go for for what we did right. to a contender completely that went to the Super Bowl. You know, if we would have had him, we could have been in the Super Bowl. So, I mean. What better way to to, to or if know. we didn't have D Ford, we just don't need to dwell on it. We just don't need to dwell on it. Right, yeah. It's fine. Every time that's brought up, I can actually feel my feet freezing. Right. Uh, like I it, look at my dad and like my dad, I ate like three quarters of a two hundred milligram edible that night. <laughs> and he was looking at everything like stars in his eyes. I'm like needed. I'm like, Steve, yeah. fucking focus. And he's like, Are we? And I'm like, No. I was like, Did you hear the whistle? He's like, We're going to the Super Bowl. I'm like, no. No, we're not. Just calm down. Like, I mean, he fell over at the tickets for less tailgate walking in the tailgate i'm like perfect all right here we go i'm the adult now so <laughs> it's a party it yeah. is but it's championship baby <laughs> i love stories like that yeah. that makes me so happy uh, we're gonna take a break again guys and uh when we get back we're actually gonna talk about the matchup this week which is the matchup of the week there's no question about it i can't believe this game isn't on prime time but we'll Rams, take it nevertheless Browns, though. But I don't know. <laughs> that should be fun that should be fun nevertheless um ravens and chiefs man this is a big one so we're gonna get back we're gonna talk about that when we get back from the break and uh, i have a feeling this is gonna be one for the ages for sure so we'll get back to that after this yes. visit local foundry in downtown lee summit eastern jackson county's biggest selection of local made and inspired goods They carry apparel, jewelry, prints, decor, and more. The store is also filled with various vintage finds. Come and see us on Market Street. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number four. I am your host, Lance Twoodle, here inside the Casey Beardco Studios with my guy, Trevor Twidwell. No Eddie Ortiz, as you guys already know. No, yo, yo, yo. Uh, But we do have the notorious GAT, Ms. Gad herself. Uh, Again, thank you so much for being out here tonight. We really appreciate you taking your Friday night to come and hang out with us guys. Uh, it's like a little Chiefs football. Um, it does mean a lot to us for sure. And um, we just got done talking a little bit about, um, I believe we were talking about Mahomes and the whole fact that we didn't want to ever you know, draft anybody else above him. The fact that we believe that he's a better individual player than Tom Brady. Definitely go back and listen to that if you haven't heard that part. But we're going to get right into this week's matchup. And it is a significant matchup. One that we have been circling on our calendars before the season started. As soon as we got our schedules because of the fact of how incredible the game was last year, because we knew that I think it was Lamar Jackson's second or third start of his career, 
Um, how it went down to a fourth and nine from Patty Mahomes to throw it across the field to Tyreek Hill and one of the most clutch plays I've seen in a long time. Goes into overtime. I was at the game. It was just an incredible experience to see that type of win, to see our guys, you know, grind out a win like that. It was just incredible. Um, but this is gonna be this is gonna be an interesting one. And, and that goes without say, because of the fact that I do believe that the Chiefs offense got better, which is crazy to say in itself. I don't know if the Ravens defense got better though, which is, you know, they lost CJ Mosley, Terrell, Terrell Suggs, and uh, uh, Eric Weddle. They did add Earl Thomas, mm-hmm. which is one of the greatest safeties we've ever seen. Yep. So that's nice to have. And Earl's already been talking, not not bad, but humbly, you know, Tom, I, I plan to eliminate the big plays. Yeah, it's super humble. Yeah, he's confident. Is that humble? Like, I get it. I, you know, he backs it up with his play. So I, I'll give him his, his time. Yeah. Um, and from a matchup perspective, and I want to get, again, I want to get your thoughts about this. I'm looking at this from a match perspective. It's obviously very exciting because Lamar Jackson is absolutely playing out of his mind. Granted, he's been playing against two of the worst teams in the NFL. Nevertheless, Lamar Jackson is playing very good football. Him and Dak Prescott are right at the level right now of what Patty Mahomes is doing. Won't last for long, but they're doing it right now. And we can only live in the right now. The Baltimore Ravens, I do believe, are a for-real team. You know, everyone's talking about who, you know, who's that third team in the AFC. I personally don't really give a shit because there's only really two contenders they in don't the matter. AFC. But the point is, is the Ravens are for real. I remember in our prediction show, I picked them to go 10 and 6, win the five seed. I still think they're going to do that. They might win their division. I don't know what the Browns well, are going to end with up big doing. Ben out of the picture, that with big men out of the picture, I think that, yeah, it's going to be a Ravens and Browns matchup for sure as far as the AFC North is considered. But looking at this matchup and, and, and really digging deep, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. How do you foresee this game going? Gat, go ahead. I mean, no matter what, it's the future of the NFL. We have Lamar Jackson coming in, and he's absolutely electric for Baltimore, not for Kansas City. Right. So it's, to me, no comparison whatsoever. But they both kind of have, like, this underdog thing coming out of college and, like, oh, will they actually translate to the NFL? Yeah, I think it's working out for both of them. I'm just so glad that we don't have to hear about Flacco being elite anymore. Like, I'm just, like, <laughs> we all know that he's not. So it's great to, like, not have that conversation. I'm really looking forward to seeing, like, what he's going to do Mahomes is going to do against Baltimore this time. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be like a no look shovel pass. I don't know to who, but it's just going to be like something ridiculous. And he's just going to like hurl the ball and they'll go into the end zone. I don't know. Maybe yeah. we're going to have a fat guy touchdown. I'm like, I'm really <laughs> optimistic about this. Sherman. He's not even a fat guy. We're talking like O line guy, like somebody bigger than Sherman. Sherman's no, Sherman just always, like a Sherman top. always gets one out of nowhere. Who's, who's a fat guy on the Chiefs right now? I don't, I don't think they're fat. They're Close all your eyes just like pick a lineman. They're no. very fit. Closer, I mean, Eric Fisher's in surgery, so we can't really talk about that. He's just uh, massive. That guy's just huge. Mitchell Schwartz, like he's not even a fat guy. Yeah, he's like, like, yeah. They're not even like fun. Maybe they can get on the practice squad. Yeah, none of them are like Richie Incognito, on. like stupid fat guy. Right. Yeah. Keep him away from the funeral home. <laughs> um, no kidding. No kidding. But like all the lack of problems that the Chiefs have right now is a little bit unsettling because mm-hmm. I feel like all right, last season we were played with Kareem Hunt. Like, what's going to happen now? And like Terry already proved his innocence and everything else so it's like i'm just waiting for something to happen but it's not so we do actually get to focus on the opponent right absolutely. now and it's kind of nice absolutely and 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 trevor i don't know you're gonna get to yours but you know obviously i think it's really cool to see the value of a demarcus robinson and mccall hardman and these other guys that you really didn't know what you had mm-hmm. you know uh going into the second half of the raiders game demarcus robinson had 144 yards mm-hmm. and two touchdowns or it was the third quarter i'm sorry yeah going into the third quarter he had two touchdowns, 144 yards. Last season, he had 288 yards and four touchdowns. Right. He literally had half of his season 
from the previous year. So it's really cool. And McCall Hardman obviously balled out. He should have had two touchdowns and over 100 yards. So I think that and, – and, and we look at the matchup perspective, like I said, with the defense. The Ravens are always famously known as having a good defense. Right. I don't think this defense is all that scary, even with Eric Fisher being out, because if you look, and, and I know they probably overlooked the Cardinals a little bit because they knew they had the Chiefs on the horizon, and they're at home, they're feeling good about themselves, just beat the living shit out of the Dolphins. But they gave up 349 passing yards to Kyler Murray in his yeah. second start a with a 36-year-old Larry Fitzgerald as his number one receiver and a banged-up David Johnson. Yeah, you said Terrell Suggs earlier. I'm like, shit, he's still playing. 38 years old like, out there. I was like, he's in ballers. What is he doing playing football? <laughs> like, I thought he was retired. I thought this is what they did. Like, What are you doing? And like, I remember when that guy came out. Scary. 38-year-old? No, yeah. not yeah. scary. Like, right. Baltimore defense gets like a really big rep because, I mean, Ray Lewis, so, you well, know? Yeah, all and they're that always – they're always a good, they're yeah, always a good defense huge. at home, almost no matter what. They're always a good defense at home just because they've always been a good home team, period. Uh, and we experienced that last year when we faced that – when they were more talented defensively mm-hmm. last year and we were on their turf. Now they're less talented on defense. Now they're coming to our home. Mm-hmm. Now we've already started this, the year off with scoring four touchdowns in a quarter and dropping 40 on the Jaguars defense, who's supposed to be better than the Baltimore defense. Now, I mean, this is our home opener. This is going to be the most hyped game of the season so far. We're going to be ready. Yeah, it sucks that we don't have Damian Williams. He's going to be out for the game. McCoy, we'll see if he even makes it throughout the game. He's already banged up. I don't know. If he's he's, a, he's supposed to play. But we know we have a secret weapon in Darwin Thompson, who I think can make I hope so. in this game. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, maybe not in the between the tackles running game, but as far as you know, checking it down, we've seen him have good ability in the passing game. Um, and, I mean, that's what we do for the most part. We don't run the ball too much. So, I mean, we, we run through the air a lot. Um, and I honestly am not afraid of the Ravens. Whatsoever, and I will get to this in my fantasy segment. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not, I'm not expecting a good game from Lamar. I think this game's going to be a little. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to have a bad game. Yeah, I think it'll be a mediocre game. This is kind of an awakening kind of game because we, we, the only team he's lost to in his career so far is us, on his home turf. And now he's coming here. Uh, I think it's supposed to be a rainy game. We're supposed to have some rain, so it's going to be a little slushy out there, which could work in his favor because it could focus more on the run, but it also could limit his upside. With the passing game, because we don't know, we have never seen him try to be a passer in the rain when the ball's wet, when the ball's a little heavier. Right. We've never seen him kind of overcome those kind of obstacles. So I'm kind of excited to see how he can, because I love Lamar. I think he's a great talent. I love him. Absolutely. College. He was Michael Vick esque, and I, Michael Vick's one of my all time favorite football players. So, I mean, it's just from the optics, it should be a great game. And everyone's, you know, touting this game as like, a, you know, over under is out the roof. It should be one of the highest scoring games. I think it's not, I don't think it's going to be that. I think we're going to put up points. But I think they're going to struggle, especially if it's raining outside. I think we know our field really well, and we're, we know how to work with that. And Andy Reid always seems to find a way to have good games, even in bad weather. Um, we've seen it like in cold games against the Colts, you know, in the playoffs last year. But I think, yeah, I think he's going to struggle a little bit, and they're going to really try to depend on the run. But our defense has been looking really, really stout against the run. And I'm not like afraid of Mark Ingram. I like Mark Ingram, but well, I'm isn't not... he a little hobbled too? Yeah, and I just, I mean, yeah. they have they have they have some uh, young guys who I think who can still make noise. And obviously, Lamar can use his legs. Yeah, but I think we have. A, I think I trust Spags to scheme a spy on Lamar. You know, I know Lamar's fast as shit, but if you scheme the right scheme around him, and it's and it's you know you kind of keep him pocketed in the pocket. Yeah. Bracket him a little bit in there, kind of keep him, you know, and make him force him to throw it, force him to beat us with the throw. Yeah. That's what you want to see because he has faced two terrible secondaries. I know our secondary is not great, but we have good safety play. We have good leadership, and I trust our scheme. Well, I, I agree 100%. I think the difference, because I, like I said, I was I had practically a front row seat to that game last year, and it was so damn frustrating because 
it felt like when Lamar was on the field, he was playing against a bunch of JV kids. Yeah. Like he was just so much more athletic than everybody on the Chiefs we defense. Aggressive that game at all? That's what's different about this. The is, that's the def- That's the difference. So yeah. there's seven new starters on this defense. A more sound scheme where there's adjustments being made mid-game, which is something we haven't had in years. Well, we have a voice in the safety and, room, and we have like, better mm-hmm. athletes. Yeah. Like Tyron Matthew, Juan Thornhill, right. those guys are better athletes. Our linebacking core is is loaded with better athletes, with Darren Lee and these other guys, Damian Wilson. Like these guys are better athletes, and so now Lamar Jackson has a little bit more of work cut out for him than it was last year, where he was going against Daniel fucking Sorensen right. for <laughs> 45, 50 snaps. Like yeah. he was going against that. The the to me the safeties are going to be so important. In this game, spying, making because this is where Ty, this is where Tyron Matthews' versatility is really going to come into play. Yeah, this is where his money is going to really be earned in games like this where he's going against mobile quarterbacks. Yeah. How is he going to play against those guys? And look and look at the if you've watched, I've watched both of Lamar's games so far. The only the only time he's had real success in the passing game is when he's had all damn day to throw the ball. When he hasn't faced any stout fronts yet, our front is going to be the best front he's he's faced so far by far. So by if, far, if, and this is I think the week that we start unleashing some packages defensively. We start doing some twants, twants, some, 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 <laughs> what? some, some stunts and twists. You, some, uh, you think of a word that's some dirty? And, yeah. <laughs> Someone's got a confession. It's a new Uh-oh. scheme. It's a new scheme. Uh, no, some new stunts and twists that we're going to throw his way that he's never seen before. Right? So, and then Spags will be the guy to do that. So I think this is the week we're going to throw some things, some safety blitzes, some corner blitzes, some things to surprise him right at the bat so he doesn't have the time to chuck the ball and wait for something to break open. Because that's all, all his big plays have been – all his big passing plays have been where he's, like I said, he's had all day to kind of sit there and let someone, you know, yeah. break. Because they have speedster guys too, you know, Hollywood Brown and those guys. So I just, I don't think he's going to have the time. I think it's going to be a nasty game and we're yeah. going to get after him. Well, I, and to your point about the whole Lamar Jackson being successful and how, how you think he's the real deal, you said yourself, yeah, yeah that, you know, this is the future of the NFL. Absolutely. 100% agree. When he got drafted, well, I think it was uh, almost the end, very end of the first mm-hmm. round, first round. Right, I, I did say, I remember saying it, I was like, I think he's going to be the most successful quarterback of this draft. And that was with Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. Yes. I was like, I, I, there's something he's getting in the best situation. He's with John Harbaugh Great and the coach, Baltimore yeah. Ravens. He may not be the best overall statistically. I think he's going to have the most successful career, and I stand by that. I think he's going to have a more successful career than Sam yeah. Darnold and uh, and Baker Mayfield. I just but, think they're going to be playing catch up, and he's going to he's going to be forced to throw the ball. And, they're mm-hmm. and that's where that's that's where my next point comes in because it's so crazy. We're all over here talking about the defense, and we haven't even like really <laughs> talked about the offense. Not really. Side. I'm not worried about. It. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. The, the Ravens played. And again, let's preface it with their defense was better last year than this year, in my opinion, talent-wise and just period. They played Patrick Mahomes probably just as good as anybody did all last season, right? Yet Patrick Mahomes was able to complete 66% of his passes Mm -hmm. through 377 yards and two touchdowns. And only the the one bad throw in the entire game was a desperation throw at the end of the first half, which ended up being an interception. Just a dumb throw. But it was a throwaway throw. It didn't impact the game whatsoever. No. So my point is this, and, and he had his infamous no look throw to Demarcus Robinson, which was beautiful. But that wasn't even the best throw of the game. No. The one to Spencer Ware was way yes. better. That was unbelievable. I mean, he put that thing Side on him. Absolutely, yeah. man. It was. I actually. Obviously the Tyree. I, sp- I spoke to Spencer Ware about that throw like three weeks later at one of my retail shops, and I said, "Be honest with me. Did you expect it?" He goes, "Hell no. He didn't expect that shit for nothing. No. He was just. He was trying to be like a decoy, and all of a sudden he turns on the ball, hits it him a, in the ribs, yeah, like wheel route. He had, yeah, he wasn't. That's expecting. the problem with Mahomes is like you never know what's going to happen, right. and like you can't. I guess you can't prepare for him, right. and that's something that the NFL defenses, especially the Baltimore Ravens, mm-hmm. can't handle. Right, like they're used to like the Steelers. They're used to these guys, like the Browns. Like, well, like ooh, I big said, deal. Like, like I said, Lamar hasn't been shown. Well, he hasn't been tested to where he has to play from behind and play catch up to where his mm-hmm. offensive skill set. So he's he's built more to play from a, with a lead. Mm-hmm. That's why his running capabilities are so 
you know, intertwined with his success. Mm -hmm. When he has success is when he usually has a lead. We haven't really seen him fight back and claw back and win a game. We've seen him lose a game like that last year to us. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we put 27 points on him and that defense was better. I don't see why we can't put 35 plus at our place this time. Yeah, I was going to ask yeah. if you guys are feeling the over under on this one. I don't even know what the over under is. I haven't looked at it because it's going to keep changing like, up until I think it's like forty eight. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I don't think it's. it's I don't think it's. I don't think it's fifty or higher. because yeah, usually yeah. I would think it's like fifty four ish. I think they're expected but, points, but I, I just I don't see them putting. I think our defense is going to play well. This the time. over under right now is fifty two, and okay. the Chiefs are a five and a half point favorite. Yeah. Um, I, we usually don't give our predictions out until. Sunday and out oh, before. Bad. No, no, you're good. This is fine. This is fine. This is totally fine. Um, I will say that I am taking the over in the points. Okay. And I am taking the Chiefs plus the points. Yeah. I think that they they do beat them by more than five and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and this isn't going to be any mystery because on our prediction show I said the Chiefs are going to start the season fourteen and zero. So obviously I'm picking the Chiefs to win this game. Um, but, but it's more than just like I said, more than just Patrick Mahomes. I think I think Patty's going to have a. I think his I think his numbers are going to look a lot like what they did against Oakland. I really do. I think he's going to have over 400 yards and he's going to float with four more touchdowns. Yeah. That's beside the point, though. What I'm looking at is these are the type of games where the defense is going to actually contribute to wins because if you look at last season, how many times could you really say the defense contributed to a win? I can pick up the mm-hmm. Bengals game, 45 to 10. But that was back when the Bengals were like touted highly, like, oh, yeah. this is a good team. They were three and one, I think, at the Every time. Marvin Lewis team is a good one. <laughs> and, then they, and then they get just smoked. Yeah. The defense played really well in that game. But if you look at the rest of the victories, maybe the Cardinals game, like I'm just saying. it's very tough I'm, to say like what yeah. games they really contribute to. This is gonna be the game where it says, Okay, I'm, this defense is different because they money, just contributed yeah. to it. Because Lamar, money on us blitzing like crazy. Because, think about it. Lamar is the hottest thing in the NFL right now. People are kind of getting used to the fact that Patrick's just different, right? Mm-hmm. Lamar is like that next big thing. Like, we're, oh my God, like this guy could be the real thing. Even though, like, three weeks ago, no one was talking to him like about this, like that. You know, everyone's still talking about him as a gimmick. Now he's being touted. In the peak of his, you know, fame, if the Chiefs go out there and, and you like you say you're anticipating Trevor that he's going to have a bad game or not a bad game but not a great Mediocre game, game yeah. yeah, that's going to put this defense at a different level and it's going to okay now we have to take the Chiefs defense seriously. This is that's why I think the Chiefs are going to win this game comfortably because the defense will play well against uh, Lamar well, Jackson. Offense is just going to do its thing. I expect us to go out there and put up points from the get go. I don't mm-hmm. regardless of the weather we're going to Reed's going to be ready. We're going to we're going to be. Mahomes is probably going to throw the ball like 50 times because we have no running game right now. So <laughs> we're gonna, he's going to go out there. I, I say Mahomes is going to throw at least four touchdowns. And the weather doesn't bother me. I, I'm not, I don't know about you guys. Uh, I know it's it it I, I think it affects, it affects Lamar mm-hmm. more than it would affect Patty. And that's what's the crazy thing. Yeah, is like you, would would. Think, you would think yeah. it would be Living by a hurricane area, you would be okay right. with rain. Right, right, right. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that's where we'll leave it. I, I think we all can consensus agree that uh, this is going to be – I'm not going to say an easy win. No. no. I don't want to be disrespectful because, like I said, I think the Ravens are for real. I think they're a playoff team, mm-hmm. and I think they should be respected. And I think the Chiefs are taking them very seriously. Mm-hmm. It isn't just going to be the Ravens that come in this game with respect. It's going to be the Chiefs because they remember, like I said last year, and they believe that Lamar's for real and they got to respect him. That's why I believe, like I said, Tyron Matthews is going to be so pivotal in this game. And um, that's where we're going to leave it. So I'm really excited about this matchup. But without further ado, it is time for Fantasy Talk with Trevor Twidwell. Oh, yeah. Turn down the lights. The moment is right for fantasy football talk with Trevor Twidwell. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's over 9,000. Yes. Oh, oh. oh. 
right. Fantasy Talk with Trevor Twidwell. This is our Hello, newest uh, installment to our uh, weekly repertoire. That's how you say that word, right? Repertoire? Repertoire. 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 I think I it's think repertoire. repertoire. It's French. Who cares? I think it's a in there. Yeah, you, you, you got real <laughs> yeah, close wow, on that one earlier. Fancy. Hey, man. Good thing really? we don't got FCC violations My on this. My mind is in the gutter tonight, baby. Good Lord, man. Bubbles everywhere. Yes. <laughs> Luckily, I'm all about it, man. Assholes. Um, so. <laughs> It'll open your world up, let me tell you. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> you guys don't know what you're missing. I'm sorry. Uh, so, back to fantasy, so of fantasy. course. Go uh, take take it away, Trevor. What do, we, what, what do we got this week, man? Right, so we're just gonna do some starts and sits. Um, I'm gonna go start with my quarterbacks here. Um, my start, one of my actually my favorite starts of the week, actually. Um, and you can take this if you're playing daily fantasy or your league long, regular leagues or whatever. I play a lot of DFS, but this can you can go with this either way. If you want to set your lineups with these guys, feel free. Um, start these guys that I recommend with confidence. I think Philip Rivers is a start this week. Um, I believe he's going up against, let me see here. They're going up against the, the Texans defense. Um, they've shown no sign of life. Um, and I think the Chargers defense is really going to get after, uh, that terrible O-line of the Texans. Cause it's shown, no, I mean, Deshaun, I believe is the most sacked quarterback in the league again. So, uh, I believe that Phillip Rivers is going to have the ball an awful lot. And, and Austin Eckler, obviously, obviously you fire him up. And Keenan Allen are both probably have really, really good days. And it's in L.A. Granted, they don't have the best home field advantage, but I love Phillip Rivers this week. I think he could throw for a few touchdowns um, because they don't really have much of an actual running game. They, they're similar to us. They run through the air a lot. Austin Eckler catches a lot of passes. Um, so fire up Phillip Rivers. My sit of the week, or one of my sits of the week, is Lamar Jackson. Because I think everyone is so hyped on him because he's just shredded these shitty defenses – and I think he will – you could get by with him just for his running ability for fantasy anyways. But I don't think you're going to get a game like you've had for these last couple of weeks. Um, he had a close one last week with an absolute shitty Arizona team. Uh, I don't think – I think he's going to come in Arrowhead, and it's going to be a lot of pressure. It's going to be loud as hell. He's never really had – he's never played in a team – he's never played a team at a, with a home field advantage like us. Um, so I think that's going to rattle him a little bit. There's going to be a lot of pressure and, and, you know, and expectations from him. I don't. I think in, if the weather is bad too, I think that's another hurtful thing for his productivity. Um, so if you have Lamar Jackson, try to find a better option. If you can't, you know, play him. I mean, obviously, obviously, if he's on my team, I'm going to play him. But I'm just saying, I don't expect the typical the last two, um, you know, outputs he's had so far. Um, my other start actually is going to be a little surprise for some people. I think Kirk Cousins is a good play this week. They play the Raiders defense. You love you some Kirk Cousins. I actually you? don't. I think he actually, he's actually a douchebag. Lying bastard. He has you major, he has major punch face. I'm just saying. <laughs> really I'm does. just saying. I, but I, think, I honestly think when we've seen regular season, he's a very good very good player. And most people will tell me not to play him because of the new scheme this year. They've been extremely run heavy. Week one, he threw the ball ten times. Ten times. So, I mean, you don't and really. And they won. You don't, yeah, exactly. You don't typically play guys that throw that that low of amount in a game. Yeah. But I think I think this game actually I think the Raiders could actually put up some decent decent amount of points, make it semi interesting, even though I love Minnesota's defense. But Kirk Cousins, I believe, actually could could put up some and I like Stephen Diggs as well. We'll get to that. But I like Kirk Cousins this week as a start. Fire him up. My other sit is a guy a lot of people are excited about with the quarterback position this week, especially on daily fantasy. A lot of guys are wanting to save some money and put him in their lineups. Daniel Jones, uh the quarterback for the Giants who's replacing Eli Manning, who obviously is a good good choice. The guy's a good player, and he's shown a lot. He's flashed a lot in the preseason. We don't know what he's really made of yet. He's going to be put to the test. Um, I don't like, I, and I don't like the matchup with the Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers have actually shown to be a decent hmm. defense so far this year. They actually have. They man the 49ers. I mean, 
we all expected a shootout when the Niners met with the Buccaneers. It was actually a defensive showdown. There was like four yeah. or five defensive touchdowns that game. So the Buccaneers' defense has definitely improved, and they're playing. He's a rookie quarterback. So put those two together. Rookie quarterbacks are prone to make some mistakes. They don't have the most talented roster, even though I love Saquon. Um, you know, and I love Evan Ingram. He could put up some points, but I don't think he's going to be what you expect. I think he might throw for a touchdown. They might try to run the ball a lot, kind of get him eased in, you know, try to squeeze out this win against the Bucs, which should be a game. That game could go either way. But I don't like him this week. Uh, for my running backs, I like Devonta Freeman. I'm starting Devonta Freeman this week. I th- He hasn't done – as you know, you're an owner of Devonta Freeman. You're expecting him to put up some numbers, and he has the ability. He just hasn't been getting the workload, and that's because they've been, they've been kind of being boat raced. You know, they've been – from trailing from behind a lot, yeah. right? So yeah. they haven't been able to like I'm getting really, sick really of that get, shit. Yeah, they haven't really been able to get him going. And I do believe I do believe in their offense, right? I do believe in the Falcons offense. I think they should have a good game and I definitely think he's gonna catch a lot of passes this week. I'm actually he's in a lot of my daily fantasy lineups. I love him this week. He's super cheap. So if you have him on your, even on your daily fantasy lineups or your, your season long lineups, fire him up. I love Devontae Freeman this week. He's healthy still. There's no reason not to play him. I like hearing it. Fire him up. I like hearing it. My I'm is, firing him up. My sit is Mark Ingram. I think Mark Ingram, I think our defense has shown that we're very, very focused on stopping the run every team we've played. So basically, do not play any Ravens players. I don't. This week. I'm, I'm telling, <laughs> I, 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 like, that's what I'm expecting. And honestly, I'm expecting our defense really to come out and show some some things. Yeah. I'm expecting a really good scheme. I think we're going to be very, very aggressive. Could you imagine last year somebody telling you to sit somebody against the Chiefs defense? That's what I'm saying. That's crazy, man. I know. <laughs> I, I, and that's not me being a homer. I'm just, from what I've been watching, I've really, I know our defense has truly been focused because we were getting gashed all year last yeah. year. And that was the. Because if the, if the front is stopping the run, you're stopping the momentum of the team to get anything open, anything because the running game opens up the passing offense, right? Yeah. yeah. So if we stop, I think we're going to really be focusing on stopping the run from the quarterback for Lamar, Lamar Jackson and, and Mark Ingram. So that's going to be our focus of our defense. I'm sitting Mark Ingram this week. My other start is Miles Sanders for the Philadelphia Eagles. I love the guy. He, I, he was my pick. <laughs> he was my pick for uh, offensive rookie of the year. He hasn't done shit yet. Right. Not a not a damn but he's, he, <laughs> but, he, but he leads he leads all running backs for the for the Philadelphia Eagles backfield in snaps right I know right. That the corpse of Darren Sproles is still out there making plays hey. which, which I love Darren Sproles one of my guys true to my heart um, but I do think this is the week where Miles Sanders gets going they're down they're probably gonna be down Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson so they're gonna need some big time pl- uh, playmakers he's one of those guys he's a rookie but I do believe him believe in him even if they're trailing I think he's gonna make some plays. Fire up Miles Sanders. Uh, my sit, my last sit for running back is Matt Breida for the 49ers. Um, they're playing the Steelers defense, who just added Mika Fitzpatrick, and I think they're going to be. Like, I think they're really focusing. The Steelers will obviously look like they're since they lost Big Ben. They know the passing game is going to take a hit. I think they're really focusing on getting James Conner and that running game going and be more of a defensive minded team, which I like. I like that defense this week against the Niners. I don't like Garoppolo this week either. I'll just throw that in there. I don't like the Niners' offense against the Steelers' defense. Um, even though it's in, it's a home game for the Niners. I just don't like. And plus, Matt Breida, and the way Shanahan runs that offense, all the running backs eat. And a lot of a lot of people want to take Breida because he's supposedly the lead back right now. But any one of those guys can snipe on his touchdowns in the red zone or make break a big play, and his his fantasy points just take a huge hit. So don't start Matt Breida, um, especially if you have better options. Uh, wide receivers, like I said earlier, I like Stephon Diggs. I'll make this one short. Stephon Diggs is playing the Raiders. Um, the Raiders give up a. I think the most, a second most, I think, in the league to opposing wide receivers. And Stefan Diggs is a true talent. Love the guy. I think him and Kirk Cousins are going to have a good connection this week. My sit is Tyler Lockett. Um, I don't like the matchup for Tyler Lockett very much. I think he gets a lot of targets, but he gets a lot of crappy targets. 
Um, he does. He, surprisingly enough, he has been getting a lot of those deep balls from. It's been DK Metcalf getting the deep balls. Yeah. Who I like DK Metcalf this week, but Big I time. don't like Tyler Lockett this week. Yeah. Tyler Lockett's been getting a lot of garbage underneath stuff, and he doesn't do yeah. much with it. I think Russell surprising. Wilson's finally got himself a number one receiver. DK's man. a monster, man. He's yeah. the, he's a get up and get a guy, and. Um, you know, I think that's the guy you'd rather – I would pivot to him instead of Tyler Lockett. And Tyler Lockett's more expensive on DFS, go figure. So definitely pivot from that one. I'm starting Juju. Um, I know we just talked about the Steelers going run heavy, but Juju's still going to get his. Really? I mean, Juju's, Juju's too much of a um, – too much of a talent, man. I think he's too good. I think they know they need to feed him and get him going. It's you don't. It's it's an automatic start for me. I don't even have to think twice about Juju. I'm playing him. I know he struggled so far in this this year, but they've had a rough start as, a, as an offense. But I think they got to get it going. He's going to get his his target shares out the roof. So he's going to get his my and my last sit for wide receivers is John Ross from the Bengals. Um, I think they let me see who they play. The Bengals play the Bills, right? So the Ooh, Bills, yeah, the Bills are one of the best defenses in the league right now. Yeah, it is in Cincinnati though, isn't it? Uh, no, it's Buffalo. Is it? It's okay, in Buffalo. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And John, John Ross has been having a hell of a year so far, right? Yeah. With what's his name from the Los Angeles, Los Angeles Rams as the new um, head coach. Yeah. He's really Zach a lot. Taylor. Yeah, Zach is. Taylor. Yeah. Right. And they looked great in week one against Seattle, but they did not look good at all. In these last, well, they looked okay last week, but he still got his, and he's getting, like, really deep passes, and he's stupid fast, right? Yeah. He's, like, right up there with Tyreek with speed. Um, I like John Ross, but I just don't like him this week because I feel like it's a trap. A lot of people are going to want to play him. The Bills defense is one of the best secondaries in the game. Oh, yeah. Um, at home, their Bills have proven, you know, they're 2-0 and for a reason. The Bengals are 0-2 for a reason. So, uh, yeah, sit John Ross. And then tight ends, I'll make this one real quick. I like Jared Cook to finally have a good week. He hasn't had any good weeks yet. Hopefully. I know. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> Jared Cook. I was like, the one yeah. tight end I take, I was like, of course. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, you can wait on him in later rounds when you draft him and stuff, which is nice. But I know I expect everyone was expecting him to have a good year with Drew Brees healthy. That obviously is not working out right now. Drew Brees is probably going to miss what? like eight weeks. So, yeah, I mean, but I do like um, I do like the matchup, and I think Jared Cook can finally get this week going because mm-hmm. they're really, they're really going to need him with um, – with Teddy Bridgewater coming in to fill in, yeah. I think Teddy can you really. I can see Teddy depending on him as like the safety blanket type um, tight end, and Jared Cook, you know, with the ball in his hands, anything could happen. The guy's an athletic freak. Um, I love him in the red zone, being in the red zone. Uh, and then my sit obviously is OJ Howard. I just, I think I've lost all faith in OJ Howard in this <laughs> offense. Dude, I just I, don't blame me. Well, he's the one of the most me. He's one of the most talented tight ends in this league mm-hmm. as far as power. Last week he had no targets. Not one target. They're not even trying to get him involved in this offense, and it's strange because, but I mean, Bruce Arians has a track record of not feeding tight ends. He's a he's a one and he's like one and two option receiver guy. Yeah, either you're going to your number one read or your number two read uh, uh, between your receivers, which is fun. And the receivers always put up great numbers, and I fully expect the other uh, Mike Evans and Goblin to put up good numbers. Um, but OJ Howard is not even the number one tight end in the league. I'm, I'm not even the number one tight end on the offense right now. It's you know it's uh, Bray, Cam and Bray, mm-hmm. which is strange. But, I mean, Bray and, and Winston have a good connection. So, I just – if you have O.J. Howard, I'm sorry you drafted him in the, what, third, fourth round. I'm sorry. Or maybe fourth, fifth round. You invested that high capital on him. But, yeah, you cannot play him this week until you actually see it. Uh, it's too much of a risk. And if you're willing to lose a week, then go for it. But I don't recommend it. And that is all I have <laughs> for you. Feeling frisky on a loss. Tonight. <laughs> He's trying to hold an L. Speaking of yeah. holding up, but hey, uh, thank you, thank you for that, Trevor. That was fantasy talk with Trevor. Uh, definitely, good. yeah. Hit him up on uh, Twitter. What's your handle, Trevor? It is Trevor Wire DFS at Trevor Wire DFS. Hit him hit up, up on there. Boy. You have any questions or anything like that? Definitely hit him up, guys. Forget Matthew Barry. You got Trevor Twidwell. Yeah. Fuck him. Uh, <laughs> well, damn. I mean, I, you know, I'm trying fuck to fuck him, man. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that guy. He sucks. <laughs> 
He's in, movie. I was like, He's in movies up, and shit. You brought up Bruce Arians, and I just want to know, like, you're, you know, your fantasy expert. Do you trust men that wear Kangol hats? Unironically. <laughs> hey, he's me. Don't even give me. I love me some. I love me some <laughs> Bruce Arians. Let me practice against Kangol hats. There's like Michael Scott, like date Mike, and then there's like hey, Bruce Arians. Us bald guys. Every fucking us bald guys got to stand together. No, have, he, like all my guy friends are bald, and yeah. they just don't wear hats. Well, you got two. You got two new guy friends that are bald. So perfect. perfect. I just yeah. love bald people. Both I'm all in. So. Well, so. in the in the booth, I don't trust Bruce Arians. In the on the on the sidelines, <laughs> yes, he's always had offensive production. I would sign him as my OC. Okay. I don't know if I yes. would figure. I would. I would like coach. him as my head coach. He doesn't. He doesn't bring a lot of wins, but yeah. he bring a lot of fantasy points. We've a lot seen of like that. that attitude. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What he did with the Indianapolis Colts, filling in for uh, yeah. and the Arizona Cardinals a few yep. years back. I mean, yeah. That's that Carson saying. Palmer offense was he's high a damn man. damn good. He's you know Bruce Arians kind of reminds me of like a Wade Phillips where he's such a great mind at yes. something, but he's never going to be a great head coach. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys. So, uh, but yeah, again, thank you, Trevor, for that. Uh, like I said, hit him up on Twitter, guys. You can find him on the Spoken on the group as well. So yeah, before that, Sunday starts too, I'll, I'll post my favorite stack of the week. So there you, you go. Kind of look out for that. Perfect, well. perfect. So let's get to our favorite segment, Trevor. What's it called? Hold, Hold this L. L. It's time to. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the who, the her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man! Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, pulsating L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant man. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold so, this L. Hold This L, brought to you by Casey Beard Co. Since 2014, Kansas City Beard Company has provided you with skin and beard care products to take care of your beard on a daily basis. But not just your beard, your skin as well, which is the most important part. Visit them at CaseyBeardCo.com or Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Casey Beard Co. 100% organic ingredients, 100% organic manliness. All right. So let's get to our L's of the week, and we're going to start with our guest, Miss Gat. Go ahead. Who's, say, who's getting the L? Who's getting the L? I mean, me, because I can't grow a beard and participate <laughs> in Casey Beard Co. I've been trying. There's it's pills. not working. I'm, I'm not going to hand you an L if you're trying. I know. I, I think, if you're shaving, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I'm really actively <laughs> trying to grow a beard. Like, yeah, I think that would be great for my broadcasting career. Like, yes. Hey, look at this you chick. would stand out amongst the crowd. I really no, would. Yeah. I really would. You know, I'd have beard? to bleach it. We would support you. Dare we say you have a beard for radio? Uh, yeah, Ooh. that'd be there. You go. It's exciting. Do it. Do uh, it. At least get some media, sideburns. You know, some... Uh, I'm gonna go with the the giant L of the week. KCTV five. Yes. Yeah, I, I just have Diddle. to bring it up. Oh, this motherfucking L. I just wonder what is going through Casey Clark's mind when he still has Angie Racono on his staff. Uh, maybe literally, we don't know. There might be a reason she has her job. I'm not above saying that. Um, I just have a lot of questions like how you can be blindly giving up your contract to Gary Lezak. I mean, I don't refer to 41 as like anything other than Gary Lezak. Right. And his and dogs. I, that's the thing. I will fight for the death of the Weatherman saga in Kansas City. Like two gay weathermen mm-hmm. like duking it out. Hell I, don't yeah. know, I don't know if Busby came out but i think we all know i think we all know. i think we all know by now know. oh he's so like gay. the two like gay weathermen like no other city has this kind of drama it's true so i'm so glad that it's going to gary lee's x channel all right That's so kctv5 yeah. do us a favor and hold, hold this l. l trevor please don't have a depressing one it's not I depressing can't handle I'm, I'm just gonna carry over from our dog died this week <laughs> <laughs> we made eye contact no i watched his soul i watched his soul leave his body no i, I <laughs> 
What's wrong was like, with you? It was a slightly, it was you a watched gr- too many goddamn horror movies. Clearly. It was a grayish hue. Was, <laughs> no. Mine's just Bounced off it just nice. <laughs> I fell into my plums. Um, mine's just a continuance of our first segment with the Antonio Brown stuff. Um, I feel like the Patriots try to get cute with this whole situation as if they, as, as they always do. And I, I scoffed at it when everyone's like, Oh, watch the Patriots sign a B. I did not think they were going to do it. I didn't think they were going to do it. I didn't think they were going to go that low with all the, with all the drama behind it. Um, and then you had Tom Brady inviting him into his house <laughs> while he's being investigated for sexual assault and rape. Maybe so, they make out. We don't yeah, know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's into that. I don't know. I don't know if there's some, you know, role play stuff going on, but I just, I, you invite him in your house with your wife and your kids, right? To stay with you. After, you know what, he's, what the allegations are. They brought him in. It's just, for me, it's just a little embarrassing. If I was a Pats fan, I know that I would not want someone like that in my building knowing what's going on with them. And they, like I said, they try to get cute. They've done this before. And it's worked out for them before in the past with certain players, you know, bringing on baggage and such. And we've done that as well. And it hasn't, hasn't, hasn't worked out in the past. Um, but yeah, man, I think, I think the, the Patriots organization, Robert Kraft, making and, and Belichick, you know, okaying that. I honestly didn't think it was going to happen, but it did. I shouldn't be surprised. But the fact that this all collapsed within a couple weeks and they actually played in week one and they, and they, you know, they, they were toting him as this, you know, the new shiny new toy. It's just, it's gotta be embarrassing for them. It's a bad look. I mean, this is, this is just another notch on the belt of the Patriots as, as far as bad looks go. Um, so the, they can get an L every week almost for certain things that they do and get away with and over their, you know, the, the entirety of this run. Um, so yeah, the, the, the Patriots organization, the entirety of the whole front office, making that decision to bring this clown in. Um, it's also, it's an L and a W for the Steelers. The Steelers obviously took the loss of losing him, but they, they obviously look like the victors here with it. Even with losing big Ben, they obviously were the, were in the right here oh, no, to no, let no, this no. clown go. So he was obviously the problem. The guy's got some head issues. Not sure what's going on up there. He needs to get his life straight. I don't know if he's ever going to play in, in the league again. It sucks. He, he might he might even ruin his uh, ability to even go into Canton. Um, I'm not sure that's going to happen yet. I don't know, man. That could really affect the way he's going out when Flames could very well affect his outcome in that. Um, I don't know. We'll see. So, yeah, the Patriots organization as a whole, you're going to have to go ahead and uh, hold this out. Thank you. Um, real quick, Trev, who, uh, who told you it wasn't going to work out? In, uh, well, no. I didn't. I didn't say it wasn't. I didn't say. I mean, I was scared shitless if they had him, but I never was like, "Oh, dude, no, he's good. No, he's in the clear." I never was on that. I was never on that train. Just tell me, was I was. I was. I was in denial. That Give they were, me what I want. I was in denial that they were going to sign you. him. Yeah, I shit myself when I saw that they signed him. Though I was like, "God, you got to be freaking." But like, this me. takes a lot of pressure off of Robert Kraft getting hand jobs from yeah, sex right, trafficking, right. like sweet poor people. Yeah, it's like, true. Just bringing the, the, the yeah the. Like, let's just bring in somebody guy. worse than me real quick, so I just look better. Thanks. Yeah, bring in the farty rapey guy. That's yeah, farty rapey guy. Yeah. Uh, you're not wrong. He's done everything he can to yeah. get to where he's at now. The guy's so. loony, man. He, yeah, mm-hmm. CTE, CTE. The Patriots put it on themselves. That's for sure. Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's got to be embarrassing, man. Do you guys, do you guys remember back when you were younger? And maybe it even happens now. I try. When, like <laughs> when when you would get in trouble for things that someone else does, and like it's like it's like, like a school scenario, and you're like looking around and you're like, why the hell am I getting you know punished for something they did? I had nothing to do with that. Well, that's what's going to happen for the other 31 teams in the NFL not named the Tennessee Titans this week. Against the Colts last week in in week two, they were hosting the Colts. And 
the Titans had a pyrotechnics malfunction mm. on the sidelines, and it literally burned the sidelines. <laughs> I mean, the flames were going for like a good 15, 20 minutes. Beautiful. Those fans were and, breathing all that in. Oh, too. man. Yeah, it was terrible. It was, yeah. And, and so, like, it was just like this horrible, like, we're all laughing at it. We're like, oh, this is great. You know, like, whatever. You know, fire. Burn, baby. Burn. You know, like, fire. Like, it, we had all the songs, all the puns, everything was going on. But now the NFL announces <laughs> that no one this week is able in their stadiums to use pyrotechnics whatsoever until the investigation is done in Tennessee. Basically, someone just fucked up and didn't use the machine right, and it burned. So now at the home opener of the Chiefs at Arrowhead, we're all waiting for those flames to go up while the guys are running out. We don't get to have that. And here's the best part. The Titans lost back-to-back games in between this. Had a complete shit show on Thursday Night Football the other night, well, last night, and... Lost the home game to the Colts that night in week two, or that day in week two. So they, like, lost three times, and and they ruined it for everybody else, man, just because you can't handle your fucking shit and your flames. So I'm so so pissed, man, because, like, going to Arrowhead Stadium, it's a blast when you see those flames go up, and you can feel it from, like, 300 feet away. You can feel those flames like they're right in front of you. It's like when you're at, like, the bonfires at your uncle's house. You know what I mean? Like, that's how, uh, those, how hot those flames get. And I wanted to feel the flames, man. I feel the flames on this take right now. I'm pissed, man. I don't know. I think thanks Freaking... to global warming, it'll still be really hot out. <laughs> yeah, give it a couple more years, right? Fine. And Idiot. more importantly, like, I think we can't wait to see what they're going to do instead of the flame. Maybe some, like, confetti or, like... Some like fake snow. Maybe with shaving cream. They're like, hey, yeah. like fake snow, like snowflakes. Yeah, yeah. And Jamal Charles will be it's like there. Christmas every I, Sunday. Now, now that now that is the one thing that I'm stoked about is we're gonna see Jamal bang the drum up there on the top. Pretty stoked. Hopefully he has knee protection. That's bang all I'm it, Jamal. Bang it. <laughs> Love Jamal. Shout out to Jamal Charles. So Tennessee Titans, please do me a favor and hold, hold this L. L. Thank mm-hmm. you, you bastards. You've ruined it. So. <laughs> You wrote it for everybody. Really? You don't have fire anymore. This, I mean, I feel like it should be in the Constitution. It's a goddamn imagine, right. Well, imagine we if, can imagine set if shit on fire. Was We're American. We need fire. Yeah, shit. hello. Shit. How do we know things are beginning? The National right. Anthem and fire. Just fucking light some shit on fire. I'll take, I'll take a knee for that. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for being here tonight. It seriously means a lot. I know you're a very busy person. No, I'm not. Let, let's let the listeners know that, okay? <laughs> you're supposed to agree. You're supposed to agree. Yes, I'm so busy. <laughs> what, the next step you take in your career, I hope it's the best one and then until the next one comes and the next one, next one, next one. I we, we do really do appreciate your time, and we wish you nothing but the best and all the success in the world. If you ever have time, if you ever feel like coming back on the show, we would love to have you. And I, but in the meantime, again, just thank you so much. Let's just give her a round of applause Absolutely. real quick. Thank, thank you. you so much. It really thank means you. a lot. It means a lot. Seriously. Yeah, I got the Michael Bishop guy. We're good to go. <laughs> Shout out to Evan. Evan no, Stand up and take a bow right no, now. No, thank you. Thank you. So in that, in that, in that, in that, for episode thirty, uh, for Gat from Sprouts Takes from Trevor Twidwell, yes. I am Lance Twidwell here inside the Casey Beard Co. Studios. Until episode thirty-one of next week, we out of this bitch later. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned in to Spoke. I might actually stick, I might actually stick around for a little bit.